Action with Steve Allen. I'm not really sure I can cope with the news that JLS are splitting. Apparently it came as a devastating shock to their families. And I haven't actually uncovered, you'll have to excuse me, I haven't actually uncovered the, re- the reason why they haven't, uh, they haven't decided to stay together. I can't think of any logical reason. They do well with their tours. Their, their singles do OK. Perhaps they're just bored. Perhaps they're bored. I mean, poor old Aston Merigold is looking slightly ancient at the moment. Um, and perhaps they're just perhaps they're just old men now. And you know, they're not really. They're 25 and 28. Although well, 28, to be called a boy band member, is probably pushing it just a fraction. So they're, they're going to do one last tour. I hope they sell out. It'd be embarrassing if they didn't sell out, wouldn't it? But then I, sub- I, I was trying to work out the other day. I was talking to a friend of mine who knows this kind of thing. And I don't think they've made any money. And the reason they haven't is they don't write anything. And if you don't write anything in the business, you don't make any money. You're just on a fee. So whilst they'd have earned money from the concerts, the rest of it, they wouldn't have made, made anything at all. Well, I'm, I'm told that... Uh, well, I can't, I can't say it, actually, because I'm privy to certain information. And I don't want to sort of uh, let you do this. I mean, they, they all say they've got other options. I think... Well, I mean, Aston can go back to doing the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and... Which is what he started doing. They all ended... You know, they were all doing something originally. You know, you don't get people who are born and they go, I'm in a boy band. Otherwise, you have lots of babies in boy bands. It doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Aston has got that thing on the telly, the got to dance. One of them has bought a farm... I don't predict great things for that. I think, actually, to be honest with you, having a farm is is just the biggest drain. You don't find very many rich farmers, I'm afraid, nowadays. They have to work very, very hard. I know it looks all pretty, doesn't it? It's, you know, little lambs being born and, and cows and sheep in the meadow and, and it's all barns and straw and everything else. The reality is, you're out there, you've got to deal with animals being, you know, attacked by foxes, Cattle rustling, all sorts of things now. There's more thefts from farms than anywhere else. You know, people thieve from farms. I wonder what sort of people would thieve from a farm. Let's have a think about that one, shall we, for a moment. Who would have full use of a digger and something? Mm, what about my next-door neighbours? I don't think so. No. Anybody, any of your elderly relatives sort of thinking of sort of taking over a digger or something like that? I don't think so. Excuse me, just a minute. Oh, a cup of tea this morning, bliss. And after yesterday, the glorious weather, I mean, it was... Oh, dear, I mean, honestly. Didn't you just r- want to rush out there and pop your little speedos on and go, woo it's summer! No, I didn't either, but I mean, I did think it was actually nice, and today's going to be good as well. So, for goodness sake, get out there, do something. Uh, I see that they've started rounding on Jan Moyer for her rather insensitive comments the other day in the mail. I mean, I'm assuming poor old Jan, who's about as old as the hills, is trying to get some sort of interest in her column, and so she decided to attack Catherine Jenkins as being an attention seeker, you know, because Catherine chose to put makeup on to run in the London Marathon, like so many people. In fact, if Jan Moyer had bothered to do her research, I mean, why did she pick on Amy Childs? She was wearing makeup as well. When she was running the London Marathon, lots of people were wearing it, but Jan Moyer, you know, th- likes to think. I mean, occasionally, don't get me wrong, I think sometimes it's very witty and funny, but when she's completely wrong and an old hag like her starts writing about. I mean, perhaps she's jealous. Perhaps she's jealous of the way Catherine Jenkins looks. Anyway, Catherine Jenkins then sort of twittered about her later, and she was quite right. You know, I mean, I wonder, wonder when the last time was that Jan Moyer raised money for charity. I'd like to think it was, you know, quite recent, but I have a sneaking feeling she's never raised a penny piece. You know, she's just one of those who hides behind it. We know that she's altered herself. She's had the cosmetic surgery because her husband didn't want to, to be with her anymore. You can quite understand it. 
You can quite understand that. Sorry, I'm not being not being rude about Jan Moyer in any way, shape or form. I'm sure she's a, a lovely average journalist. But, you know, when you pick on somebody as lovely as Catherine Jenkins, and I don't have any vested interest, apart from I've known Catherine for a long time, she is a nice person. I'd be the first one to tell you if I'd known somebody a long while and they turn out not to be a nice person. She's a nice person. So she ran. So she wore a, a, a dress for Margaret Thatcher's funeral that showed a bit of bosom. Well, why not? Why not? She's a woman. Mind you, the more you look at Jan Moore, you think to, she's not a Thai lady boy, is she, or something like that. She's not going to turn out to be called Brian or something peculiar. Because I just thought it was just unnecessary. She ran to raise money for her father who died of cancer, and she raised 25 grand. That, as far as I'm concerned, covers everything. Job done. And so she has to put up with a little bit of stick from, from Jan Moyer. Jan Moyer is roughly the same as that Samantha thick as a brick. You remember her? You know, they, they, they just say something because it gets people going. Because otherwise, in their normal day-to-day life, most people would, would walk straight past Jan Moyer. She, just, she isn't strikingly attractive in any way, shape or form. The only thing you'd like her for, they go, she says what you're thinking. Well, you know, that's so big deal. I find women bitchy to other women really possibly the worst level, because that just comes down to jealousy. Catherine, and also, as I said yesterday, Catherine Jenkins not only looks gorgeous, she sings. She sings, whereas Jan Moyer looks like she'd sing like a navvy. She looks like she'd sing like that. We'll keep her welcome in the hillside. You know, that's what I thought Jan Moyer would be like. I imagine her being really butch. She's certainly not feminine. You see, it's nice, you see. You see it's not nice, Jan, is it, to be attacked by somebody who, who people like. That's why Catherine Jane, you know, I don't think she did anything at Thatcher's Food. Of course, you weren't invited, were you? Hmm. Bit sad there. Never mind. I think it's, I think it's just acres and acres of jealousy coming out of Jan Moyer. Because I, I like, I like Catherine Jenkins. So there you go. You know, somebody's got to stick up for her. Otherwise, you know, we're all, also they go, oh, let's sort of, let's jump on poor old Catherine Jenkins. Which in itself, I suppose, would be quite appealing to some people. But uh, not this morning on the programme. So today... It's going to be absolutely gorgeous. We're going to have fantastic weather. And you better enjoy it, because unfortunately, it's, it's going to go pear-shaped. Danger dogs are being abandoned, increasing numbers, because teen gangs can't handle them. Oh, we had a little teen gang in Twickenham yesterday. Three, let's just call them low-rent people. And one of them had a bottle of brandy. He looked about 15, and a half a bottle of brandy. I mean, how, how, how chav and bikey do you have to be for half a bottle of brandy walking around with it? And the other one had the big bottle of Coca-Cola. So, it's a swig of brandy, swig of the Coca-Cola. I mean, this is like two o'clock in the afternoon. Saddos. Little sad. Of course, nobody's going to let them on the bus. And they just don't know how to behave. They, you know, you don't mind somebody going out and sitting in a meadow or a field or by the river, you know, with your feet up and having maybe some canapes. And uh, I live by the river. I live by the River Thames. We have the Thames that runs through, and it's nice. And sometimes we take out a little boat, and uh, we go sort of paddling around on the boat. And then twice a year, we're very lucky when they actually drain the Thames, and, and you can walk across it. You can actually walk across it. And then you realise at the bottom of it, all these rocks that have come down that are probably like from, from Iron Age and stuff like that, really, really old from Sunderland and Cambridgeshire, and they come rolling down the river... Uh, the ones from Cambridge are much smaller than everybody else's rocks, but they, they sort of come, they're like, like pebbles, and they come down, they've got big granite boulders, and you think, God, this is fantastic, it's like a glacier that's been unfrozen, and you can walk across it. And it's, I, I just always marvel at water. I don't know why, I'm always, I have a fear of water, I'm afraid. I'm, I have a fear, from years and years ago, of drowning, and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I, I would fight for everything, I'd, you know, not to drown, as indeed you would. And I did love the story the other day, 
of of the two men missing in action, the First World War heroes. They found them. A farmer unearthed them, as it were. This is Lieutenant John Pritchard and Private Christopher Elphick of the Honourable Artillery Company. They were found four years ago by a French farmer who was ploughing his field. Relatives of both men, killed in 1917, travelled to northern France and they've reburied them with full military honours. Now that's the kind of story I like. That's a nice story. That's a good story. Apparently, uh, Lieutenant Pritchard's nephew, John Shell, who's 89, says it's an incredible experience. The feeling I had was that he's coming home. More than 30 members of the Pritchard family travelled uh, for this funeral. Lieutenant Pritchard's family learnt of the find when great-niece Janet Scheel of Merseyside typed his name into Google and saw historians discussing him on a forum. Isn't that amazing? I think that they... I don't know how old they were when they died. It doesn't really say, actually. But they must have been fairly young, I would think middle 20s. So they've, they've got them and they've reburied them with full military honours. Is that, is that nice? I mean, I just... I like things like that. I like things like that. Um, oh, I see David Attenborough is going to host um, a radio series about birdsong. That's nice, isn't it? I like, I like birdsong. Especially at this time of the morning. It makes you feel... makes you feel countryfied. Makes you feel as though, you know, you could sort of... You could just about do anything when you've got a bit of birdsong out there. And I've, I've got the app, as you know. I've got the app for, for birdsong. And uh, I was just trying to find it, actually. I've got a talking cat. All sorts of rubbish on here. I don't know where I get half of this. Why I've ever downloaded any of this rubbish on here? D- beggar's belief. I can't quite work... The, the, the app I've got is Birds UK. Birds UK. And so... Uh, and, and, and you sort of click onto it, uh, whichever one it is, and then you have to guess what they are. So this is, this is the song of something quite common in this country, which goes like... Oh, it doesn't go like anything, does it, really? It goes like... Come on. Come on. God, blimey, honestly. Why does it not work? Oh, I get so cross when things don't happen. So cr- Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's... Oh, sorry. That's why I didn't. I turned the thing off. So, which one's this one? This is... Yeah, all right, all right. Sounds... That, that's called a brambling. I've never even heard of a brambling. Have you ever heard of brambling? I haven't. You'll, you'll know what, what this one is. This is horrible. That's one of those dreadful Canada geese. The more we cull, the better. Far too many of them. Ugh, the mess everywhere. Horrible. Why do we what? Because it's got birdsong on it. Do you want to hear what a, what a tit sounds like? OK, here comes a tit for you this morning. Oh, nice. That's quite pretty, isn't it? Like I've got tinnitus. Like I'm very piercing. Very piercing. I like that, actually. And there's all sorts of things on it. It's amazing how many... There's a coal tit as well. I suppose it mines coal. I don't know. Well, I used to. I mean, when I was when I was a cub, you know, not a scout. We didn't get as far as that. When I was a cub, we had to identify birds not by their song, but by their their pictures. They would put up pictures. It's like we had to identify trees and go out and collect leaves from oak trees and lime and everything. And I was quite good at doing that. And uh, and and also, what else did we have to do? Ropes. We had to tie people up. I liked that bit. That was very enjoyable. You know, you had to take people down deep into the forest and tie them to a tree. And the best person became a Queen Scout. That was good, wasn't it? We liked that one. There was quite a few in my troop became Queen Scouts. That was later in life, of course, you know, and uh, I say most of them are court cases. Uh, quarter past four. LBC 97. 97.3. Ferrari with you after the news at seven. 
As it's announced, the government have lost their bid to take their case against Abu Qatada to the Supreme Court. Nick will be asking, will we ever be able to extradite the hate preacher? Plus, is it fair that owners of some hybrid vehicles will now have to pay the congestion charge? I bet you're sick as parrots on that one. You can join Nick Ferrari this morning from 7. Chris Blackhurst will be looking at the papers. He's the editor of The Independent and Group Editorial Director of Independent Newspapers and The Evening Standard. It's quite a mouthful in itself, really. I see the poor old Helen Flanagan, or old ditzy Helen Flanagan... Helen Flanagan has got no brains whatsoever, has told close pals she's finally split up with Scott Sinclair. Apparently, she says, it's over for good this time. Oh, good. Well, just get over yourself, love, and go away and bore somebody else, which is very dreary. And then I turned on the television yesterday, and there's Amy Childs on Loose Women. And what a child. She's got this funny little voice, not all there in the brain department. Where's for makeup? I've got my range of clothes. I've got this and that. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. It's a sure sign who she's been schooled by. The same woman who schooled Jordan. Her dad present yourself on television. Whereas Amy Charles just looked like bad drag. You know, sitting there, lovely, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Why does she speak like a three-year-old? Why does she speak like I've never heard anybody who speaks like that before? I've got my clothing range, got my makeup. Got loads of things. I did the marathon and ran that. And we go, oh, you did it. And, she, and you think to yourself, you couldn't actually have a long conversation. I was bored after about three minutes. But then I did watch this morning, and I was so excited, and thank you all for asking me about it. I did watch Pete, Peter Andre, my boring life, my dull existence, my dreary children, my dreary ex-wife, my boring house. And I came to the conclusion that Peter Andre's hair has got a show all by itself, because you never see him without a beanie hat on. You know, he comes down from the bedroom for breakfast with a beanie hat on. And you think, is your hair as rubbish as we think it is? Is it really rubbish? Because every opportunity, there's another beanie hat. And you think, it's a bit odd for a 40-year-old man, ladies and gentlemen, to have beanie hats. He's 40. 40 years old. You know, I mean, and you know in the summer he'll be wearing baseball caps because Peter Andre's got curly hair. There's nothing about with curly hair, you know, if you like that kind of thing. And, um, you know, some, sometimes people think you look a bit like a cotton bud. <laughs> you know, it's quite sweet. And, um, and so Peter Andre, he wears these, these beanie hats. He's in the car, he's wearing a beanie hat. And his life is so boring. What did he do the other day? Most exciting thing in his day? It was Valentine's Day. And Peter Andre celebrates Valentine's Day. So he goes out and he buys cards. The kids make cards. And Peter Andre writes in it like a three-year-old uh, for his uh, publicity-seeking... So, sorry, for his girlfriend, who loves him very much indeed. Everyone loves Pete. It's amazing. And so he goes out to a shopping centre with a film crew. There's nothing that Peter Andre can't do unless he's got the film crew with him. So he goes out to buy the card, and, of course, people go, We love you, Pete. We love you, Pete. And he goes, Oh, yeah, the public is so nice. I thought, You've taken a bloody film crew out with you. You stupid little boy. Honestly, he can't go out without the field because they come back and then he buys a pair of shoes for the girlfriend. He's, and, I, and then I thought about it. Having seen JLS split up, I would like to know how much money they've got. I reckon they haven't got much. And I reckon that it's dwindling by the year. And that's why they've had to decide to, uh, to go their separate ways to see if they can finally make some money. Because at 28, you've got to have some sort of career going. You've got to have something going. And I reckon Peter Andre doesn't have much money either. Because the entourage he travels with, he's paying for. You know, money, money's got to come from somewhere. And I've got a theory. Could be wrong. I reckon he doesn't own the house. I reckon it's a rented house. I reckon the car is rented as well. I reckon it's a lease car. And so, because when you think about it, if Peter Andre is as big as he says, and all the holidays he gets are free. When he goes to Dubai, it's free. You see all the credits at the end thanking everybody for their freebies. 
So, he obviously doesn't have enough money to even go on holiday. You know, you'd think if he was a big pop star, he'd be doing Barbados. You know, really, really good flash holiday. No, he does all the cheap NAFO things, which makes me think there is no money. You know, his, his, his albums don't sell and his singles don't sell. Not in any volume, not enough to get him into the charts. And let's face it, if you're not in the charts, you're nobody. His, his, his little concert tours, the cost of putting it on is probably probably outweighing it, but he does it to try and keep the end up. So I think he's living in a bit of a fantasy. I reckon Peter Andre, because we've never seen him in the bank, have we? Have you ever seen him going to a cash point and getting money out? No, never seen that. We've seen him wearing a beanie hat, and as you know, Peter loves his kids. And that's great. Yesterday we saw him sort of painting one of the rooms. God, it was about as boring as his career. It was so dull. It was very, very dreary. Justin Bieber... It's in the paper. He's uh, ditched plans to rescue his pet monkey. Uh, uh, he, he wants a zoo to take him off his hands. It's the trouble with people. They, um, they, they just sort of do things like that. Uh, my brother made me do it for Islam. This is the Boston Marathon bomber. Dokar, I think it's uh, Zanev. And uh, he's blamed his dead older brother for the atrocity. Yeah, of course you have, love. You're going to hang. They're going to do something to you. But mind you, they've got a barking mad mother. Their mother is the uh, is the bad one here. She says they're innocent. You're even more stupid than you look, love. You really are. Never met anybody as stupid as you. Friends have said she's the controlling woman who got them to this uh, this hate preacher. And, uh, you know, if, if you've got two stupid children, well, in her case, one dead stupid child and one still alive. And I feel like it's, I thought about that yesterday. I thought about, you know, is it disrespectful because he's dead? I thought, no, they didn't give a toss about what they did. They couldn't have cared less whether they murdered 500 children or not. How were they to know when they put the bombs down that there, were, you know, that there weren't sort of 200 children about to descend from coat? They didn't know. They couldn't care less. I'm glad, he, I'm glad your brother's dead. I hope they can't kill you as well. Perhaps they'll stick your mother in prison. People are so ungrateful nowadays. You know, they were given refugee status. And then the mother, who quite clearly, as I say, she's not all there in the head department, poor cow. It's not her fault. You know, stupid mother, stupid children. And so... Uh, uh, the uh, the bombers have blamed the mastermind, and the mum says they're innocent. I don't think so, dear. You know, I kind of think, you know, CCTV says differently. Perhaps you think it's that ghastly Western influence. Oh, we're all terrible in the West, aren't we? You're more than happy to bend over and take the golden shilling, though, aren't you? Now, did we celebrate St George's Day yesterday? No, we didn't, did we? I didn't, I didn't know what to do, to be honest. I sort of went home, and I put on the armour, and, and I got my, my St George's cross... And I got the uh, I got the horse out, and and nothing happened after that. I, d- I mean, I couldn't even find any of our local restaurants having having St George's Day menus. I mean, what is a St George's Day menu? What what would we be expected to eat for St George's Day? Would that be shepherd's pie or something? Well, I mean, St George never ate shepherd's pie. He came from Turkey. He'd have had a kebab. He wouldn't have had shepherd's pie. The wine was from France and Portugal, so the producer had something else instead. Was that in your local Chinese? They're good down there, aren't they? She likes the local Chinese. She always goes for the English menu. I never understand that. People go to a Chinese restaurant and have English food. What's the point? It's like, you know, oh, oh, can, can we have, uh, uh, we'll have chips with that, love. Uh, sweet and sour chicken and chips. Thank you very much indeed. It's very northern. I don't know why all of a sudden it's become northern. But uh, I, I do like things like that. So anyway, so, so that was yesterday and I was sort of looking around thinking, I don't really know. We, we talked about St George's Day yesterday, but we didn't kind of explore what we're supposed to do on it. And then I discovered two interesting facts the other day. I like to give you two facts every day of things you do not know. For example, yesterday we told you St George was Turkish. OK, nothing to do with this country at all. He was Turkish. The Bayer Tapestry. You've all heard of the Bayer Tapestry. It was not made in Bayer and it's not a tapestry. It's an embroidery, and it was made in Kent at the request of somebody. And I didn't know that 
And so we still insist on calling it the Bayer Tapestry. And the other thing I never knew, Stonehenge. What are the Druids doing there? It's nothing to do with them. Nothing at all to do with... They've kind of hijacked it because they've got nowhere to go. Poor sad. It's either that or a Ku Klux Klan meeting because they've got the outfit, so they might as well go to the same one. Because for ages... Stonehenge was on private property. You couldn't just go to Stonehenge. And then eventually the land got sold and Stonehenge went with it. And uh, a couple owned it. And you could see it from a distance, but you couldn't go to it. You weren't allowed onto it. Uh, This was about 1915, something like that. And then the man died. And when the woman died, she left it to the nation. So all of a sudden we inherited Stonehenge. It was something on, on somebody's private property. And then blow me down, the bloody Druids getting on the act. Oh, we've got to hear for the summer solstice. Well, it's nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you at all. Why don't you just stay in your little houses? Stop sort of milking it for the publicity. Dreadful. Sarah Harding wants to, be to, uh, wants to go and sing for the troops. I don't think so, dear. Very sweet, but, you know, they're not that desperate. They really, you know, if, if somebody goes and sings for them, they want somebody like Catherine Jenkins... They don't want some poor woman who can't stand up half the time and who breaks the uh, the rules of driving. I mean, how are you going to get out there, Dee? You can't drive, can you? But she wants to sing for the troops. I don't think they want you to sing. I mean, she has an idea. What's she going to sing? Sound of the Underground, all by yourself. It's not going to sound very good, is it? But uh, she says uh, if, if she flew in, she would follow in the footsteps of Cheryl Cole. Well, she was dreadful. Dreadful. The troops were sticking cotton wool in their ears. Sarah says working for the charity, because it's always good to get involved in a charity if you've had a bit of a history of drink and and stuff like that. And she said it would actually put her demons behind her. She said, it'll be cathartic for me. Oh, that's right. You again, is it, love? It's me, 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 me. If you join a charity, Sarah, I don't want to have to point out to you because I'm assuming you're averagely intelligent. But it's not about you, love. It's about the troops out there. It's got nothing to do with you. Stop concentrating on yourself and concentrate... I I mean... I just wish you'd disappear, actually. You're so, so dreadful. Uh, David Cameron said, I'm proud to be English. Yes, I'm proud to be English. I'm proud to be English, British, whatever you want to call me. I'm proud to live in this country. I love this country. I absolutely love this country. I can't think of a nicer place to live. We can go other places, but it's nice to come home. It's lovely to come home. Oh, I've got a gadget giveaway for you today. What, what am I going to offer you today? And who was the winner of yesterday? Who was the winner of yesterday? It's, um... I'll give you a clue. The question for today, we're we're following a theme. okay? so (laughs) I can't tell you how to cheat on these things, but believe you me, there is a theme running through them. okay? theme running through. And uh, today it might be uh, one that you know. Uh, Chris Reardon, he says, uh, I do get the whole show on my iPhone app, TuneIn Radio. It lets me set a timer to record LBC, so I get the whole show as as well as a little podcast. He said, but of course I get all the ads and everything else. He said, for £2 a month, he said, I'll have to cut back elsewhere or put somebody's rent up. My mate's name was Ronnie. That was Ronnie he was with me the other day. He said, I didn't know that. He said, I'm just doing, uh, just back from doing my quiz night in Rotherhithe. Was nearly a fight in there when two of the quizzes argued over an answer. <gasps> I've done that before. Not as bad as last night. Some mad woman attacked me because I told her it was too late for her to sing at the karaoke night. as She's only just walked in. Had her thrown out. He said, I do work in the best places. <laughs> I know. It's funny how a drink affects people, isn't it? Anyway, nice to have you with us uh, this morning. Mr Reardon, I trust you are well. We take all your texts and emails, 84850-stevenlbc.co.uk. And it's going to be another super day outside where uh, I might undo an extra button on the shirt.
I might under- I'm not going to push it too much because, you know, I don't think the, lo- I think the locals need my body in small doses. You know, I don't, th- I don't think they need the whole thing all, all at the same time. Something upsetting for all of us. It's LBC 97.3. Time now, 4.30. B. Vallon. Morning, 27 minutes to five. I trust you well. It's Wednesday morning. It's going to be lovely today. I'm, I'm not, it's not going to be as hot as yesterday. So don't, don't get the feeling it's going to be as hot. It's still going to be pleasant, though. I might get the car washed. It's been a bit exciting there. I went to buy some more plants the other day. I've watered them all. They're all doing well, but I think we've got a bit of frost in. Somebody else has got bust, another semi-celebrity. This is a, not a particularly nice person. It's uh, Janice Dickinson. Remember Janice Dickinson? She's, a, she's apparently a, a former model. She's, I mean, she just came over to me as a drunk, I'm afraid. Not a nice person. Um, they say she's a former supermodel. No, still a drunk, as far as I'm concerned. She's filed for bankruptcy. Um, she's accumulated debts of more than £660,000. You see, don't we love these celebrities, lady? You should love them too. You should absolutely love them because um, they make a lot of money and they do the high life and then they're this and that and then they go bankrupt and they stick two fingers up to you. They don't, they don't care about you. They really don't care. Apparently, uh, Mike says St George was Greek. Not to, It's a thin line, isn't it? Greek, Turkish... You know, I think so. But apparently he was... Yeah, he, he, he was an officer in the Roman army, St George. So you can imagine, probably wearing one of those Greek skirts with pom-poms on the shoes or something like that. So he was fairly gay. And uh, his father was the Greek uh, Gerondios from uh, Cappadocia, Asia Minor. And his mother was from the city Lida. Lida was a Greek city in Palestine from the time of the conquest. Far too much information, I'm afraid, this time. My brain can't take things like that in. So he was Greek. So, I, don't know, I don't know how we've ended up with him. How have we ended up with him? I've got no idea. It's ridiculous. Um, one here from uh, Christina says, Now you're talking about birds. My canary, Mr White, did fly away when my husband was cleaning the cage. I know. When you're cleaning cages, you have to make sure that the door is shut. It's not easy, I know. Not easy, because they do fly away. Some of them survive. Some of them survive. We were talking the other day about... I was talking to some of the people up at charity because we've got... um, uh, We're doing some charity this year on LBC 97.3. And as usual, there will be various prizes. And they've asked me if if I'll participate. You know, would you like to, you know, help us out by offering yourself up as a prize? And so I'm looking through the various options. I mean, it's not just me. You don't just get me for the day, you know, cleaning naked or something like that. I think what it'll probably be, I don't want to speak out of turn because there's a number of options, but I thought one of them that you'd probably like to bid for is uh, afternoon tea with me. We'll go and sort of do it in a nice hotel. We've done it before. We did it in Claridge's last time, which was lovely. That was really lovely. We got a really lovely family from... There was about eight of them. I've never seen so many people piling, but they did do a nice tea at Claridge's. And uh, I have a feeling it could be something like that. So uh, I've I've got to go through, I've got to go through all the sort of different options. It's either that or a nudist holiday for us. I don't think you'd want to bid for that, do you? Uh, recent George, we think he was from a place which was Greek at the time, but it's now in modern Turkey. That's what we think it is. We're, we're pretty certain, Michael, that we're right on that one. So we think it's in modern Turkey. It might have been in Greece before, but we think it's in modern Turkey. That's why. That's why. So now you know. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So ghastly Janet Dickinson, uh, who owes £300,000 to the US taxman. I love the way they're always pictured smiling, but I'm assuming they're early pictures that they've taken. Still to come, the, the gadget giveaway for today. Um, <laughs> Jonathan says, for St George's Day, I played Careless Whisper three times, then drove my car into Snappy Snaps. 
Thank you. It's an old gag. Uh, Peter Andre's girlfriend looks about 12 years old, says Scott on the M25. His uh, programme sends my three-year-old daughter to sleep. Well, it's Peter in his beanie hat. I mean, he's 40 years old. He's a bit old, isn't he? bit old, I'm afraid. But uh, his, his girlfriend, she loves the publicity. And actually, we weren't the only ones to say that. We weren't the only ones to say that, because somebody in one of the papers today has said, and in fact, the other day, I think it was Kevin O'Sullivan, his girlfriend quite clearly loves the limelight. And his milk. All she's got to do is say every so often, oh, that's why I love Pete. I thought, no, you love the cameras, darling. I can tell. I can tell straight away. I'm not stupid. Kevin says, busy morning already, Steve. Got to one of the office blocks I serve in the city to find the main entrance door had been kicked in and the office next to the one I serve had been burgled. Called 999 and the operator asked, is anybody still there? They do that. They go, is, is, is the perpetrator of the crime still in the building? Oh, I don't blow him well, no. He says, I replied I'd not poked my head through what remained of the office door and called out, cooey, anybody there? All that excitement and your show had not even begun. Shorts on, he said, since I left home at 12.30. Happy days. Yeah, a lot of people wearing shorts yesterday. I wasn't one of them. <laughs> Steve, I think Jan Moyer got Catherine mixed up with Katie. I love the publicity price. Yes, <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, my husband tells me on his way to work he hears a blackbird that sounds like a trim phone. Is he mad? Blackbird that sounds like a trim phone. All right, there we go. Let's have a quick look, shall we? Because I can't remember what a blackbird sounds like. Would you like to know what a blackbird... Do you think they're very trilly? A, B, C... Wait a minute, here we go. Blackbird. OK, better known as Turdis Marula. It's a blackbird. OK, and it sounds like this. Does this sound like a trim phone to you? I feel like we're in the middle of the countryside. I feel like I've wandered into a meadow with a babbling brook. Oh, that was really cool. Doesn't sound at all like a trim phone. It's quite nice, though. Quite nice, so thank you very much indeed for that one. A trim phone, before your time, trim phones go... I can't do it. A friend of mine used to do a very good impression of a trim phone. I can't do it. It sounds ridiculous when I do it. It sounds stupid. But it was a little phone. They were really cute. They were really cute trim phones, but they had this this unusual ring. And it was... I can't do it. So somebody will know what it sounds like. Somebody will send me a link to a, to a trim phone, and then we'll all be again. Oh, right. Uh, 84850, UK. Uh, young Bryn says, I thought I'd let you know that Annie goes into hospital today. This is the wife. She's having a, a new left knee done. She'll be away for between three and four weeks, so we'll not be able to listen. I'm not sure I can cope with that. We don't like missing people when they go to hospital. Couldn't you take a radio in or something? He says, sends her love and says she'll be back listening as soon as possible. Keep up the good work, especially with your new teeth. He says, we all hope and pray that everything goes well and the op will be a great success. It'll be lovely having a new... Ni- My brother's got the same problem. I know there's a little bit of age difference, Bryn, but not a lot. And uh, he's got this crumbling knee. They, they, they did a video to show. They gave him the video to keep. And his knee is crumbling behind. I think it's people who play football a lot. He's not a professional footballer or anything like that. It's just that his knee is, is crumbling. Doesn't sound so good, does it? Uh, Nori says, hope the teeth are OK still. Do you know they're still in? I mean, he, he was expressing surprise that they were still in. And I'm being, I'm being careful with them. Being very careful. Had a brilliant time with Beryl. So much in common. Listened to the same radio shows. Been to the same 60s shows as far back as 1963. We both saw the Stones in Great Yarmouth in 64. And the Beatles, although we didn't see them in the same place. Uh, the theory you may have hay fever at the age as you 38, I started to get it, two seasons and it went, so maybe, 
And Paul Savory is due home today. Is he coming back for good? I don't. I've not. I've not spoken to Paul for a little while actually. On the program, which always annoys me. I should do actually. Um, all the gadget thing. Yes, I was just telling you this one. They the addition of Peter Andrex was last week's says Paul in Manchester, for the new one on Thursday night. Best part of the one you watched again, surely the section where he told the author of his column he decided to be more private about things in the future, including him and Emily, and then probably spilt the beans to the ITV2 film crew. I did feel a bit sorry, though, after he'd splashed the cash and Emily had only bought him a card, obviously, as so many have commented there, in for the long haul, and Claire admitting to not looking through a single paper or mag when he brought up the subject of his cultural role in Valletta and asked why she'd not told him about it, loved her long-suffering Oliver Hardy aside to the camera. <laughs> yes, did you notice? Didn't you think that was very telling for Valentine's Day? Peter Andre buys his girlfriend a pair of shoes. Bit of a strange thing for a man to buy, but there you go. You know, jewellery is generally acceptable, or cash. And, um, and she bought him nothing, except a card. And I thought that was very telling. I thought that was very telling. She didn't buy him anything at all. Not a flower, not a box of chocolates, nothing. But there again, Emily, I do love the publicity, is his girlfriend and does love him. The LBC Gadget giveaway. Yesterday, on the programme, we were looking for the code for Luton Airport. If you were flying to Luton, what would be the code that appears on your luggage? And it was LTN. Luton. OK. And uh, Mark Lewis from Hackbridge got himself the Google Nexus tablet. Well done, Mark. Well done, matey. Congratulations. Today, I'm giving away something that needs no introduction whatsoever. Yes, it's the Apple iPad Mini. I have to tell you what it is. I know when I say it needs no introduction. I don't need to tell you anything about it. It's got the name Apple. It's an iPad. It's the Mini. It's about half the size. It's neat. I've got one. Many, many of you have got one. It is the uh, the must-have gadget. Everybody loves it. It's just, it's just a beautiful piece of work, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's all I could tell you. But you need to know the answer to this question. What is... The three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Stansted Airport. OK. What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Stansted Airport? This is for the iPad Mini for today. Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send that to 84850. Five oh before six thirty this morning. Text costs one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network and full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. I thank you very much indeed because it's very nice. The iPad Mini, and you could only get it on Steve Allen's gadget giveaway this morning on LBC ninety seven point three. You won't believe the story on the front page of the Daily Star this morning. They reckon that when Michael Jackson came over here to publicise his O2 Arena gigs with Dermot O'Leary, it was a fake. It was a Michael Jackson look-alike, they've said. Uh, the family have said that he was hired for his final tour. What? So that man who stood up there went, thank you, was, was a, was a look-alike. Well, who is it? Who is it? The allegations are in a, a claim against the singer's concert promoters... Uh, they reckon that clips showing the Thriller star rehearsing later used in a movie featured a double. Have they lost all sense of, of reality? Are they as mad as we think they are? Why would they do that? They said the double was used alongside Dermot O'Leary to announce gig dates. I don't believe it. 
I mean, that's just, that's too, that's like saying the Queen that we see every day, you know, wandering about doing her shopping and pushing a trolley through Asda, is not the Queen at all. It's a lookalike. I mean, it's a bit, I mean, this is, that's not Michael Jackson. It's a lookalike, say the family. This from Michael Jackson, who didn't really want to bother with his family at all. He hardly had anything to do with them. He was in his own world. He did everything. You know, don't ever get the feeling they were all buddy-buddy. I should imagine the last thing he wanted. He'd be telling us next he's not dead. So they said it's a look-alike, and uh, they body language expert, Bianca Cobb, says, in my opinion, the man in the... Cl- oh, that's it. Oh, well, if she says so, it's fine then, isn't it? Quite clearly a look-alike. Honestly, they're a barking mad as the rest of them, aren't they? Quarter to five. London's biggest condom with Steve Allen. So the family of Michael Jackson have decided that it was a look-alike over here, and they reckon as well that the footage of Michael Jackson rehearsing for the show isn't Michael Jackson at all, it's a look-alike. So they found this cracked um, expert who says, no, Michael used to walk with his head down. Well, yeah, well, how do you know that, dear? Have you studied old things of him walking about town with his head down? And uh, this is a completely different person. So the family have now appealed for this lookalike to come forward. You can imagine, in America, how many crackpots are going to come forward and go, yeah, that was me. I was that person. I played Michael Jackson. Because let's face it, if he was that good and he fooled us, perhaps he should have done the concerts. If he was that good as a, as a lookalike. Because you look at the picture on the front of the paper, and that's not Michael Jackson. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I mean, it's just, it's too fantastic for words, isn't it? Uh, Paul says, you did ask the question the other day, but you got snowed under. We got snowed under with emails the other day about what your house was at school. Saxons, Romans, Normans, Danes, all that kind of stuff. And uh, the the funniest one was Elizabeth Duke, Chardonnay and stuff like that, which I thought were very funny. Anyway, I was asking where the film Went the Day Well was filmed. Because it's one of those locations that you need to go and see. And he says, it's Turville in Buckinghamshire. Turville. And if you Google Turville, it will tell you all about it. It's been used for the Vicar of Dibley. Goodnight, Mr Tom, with the late, great John Thor. And the windmill was the screen home of the Potts family in... Oh, chitty, oh, chitty, pretty, chitty, bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, we love you. And chitty, oh, chitty, 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 bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, loves us too. Near, far, in a motor car. <laughs> bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, our fine, four-fendered friend. Not that I know any of the songs. Bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, our fine, four-fendered. Bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, chitty, 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 bang, 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 bang. So that goes. Not as good as boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom. <laughs> which was yesterday's song. And he says, you mentioned to Duncan about melting records of plant pots. Remind you about my nan and granddad, who used to melt the 78-year-old, 78 RPM records, which were made of shellac and moulded better. I remember having some in the back seat of my car during the summer, and the, the heat melted them. So when I put them on the turntable, they, they went around like a, like a fairground ride. <laughs> so it's Turville in Buckinghamshire. If you're not doing anything today and it's lovely weather, why don't you go for a drive to Turville? I'm sure they've got tea shops and a, a pub or something like that. That'd be nice to go to, wouldn't it? Really good. Um, the ice cream van seller around our way, says Tony, plays Jaws. <laughs> I never, I never, I, you know, I must be the only person in the world who thought that Jaws wasn't at all frightening. It just looked like a plastic dummy that came out of the water. They have it in, in America if you go round the, the studio and it comes... It's just a piece of plastic. It couldn't, you know, it couldn't be less frightening, I'm afraid. I don't like things like that. Uh, Steve, I've just moved to Bolivia. You've obviously been very naughty, Richard. 
If they, they sent you to Bolivia. I love all the national costume in Bolivia. I see myself in some of those hats. It's the kind of thing I, I would buy. Uh, my friends and I here in Florida, says Wendy, celebrated St George's Day by having barbecued dragon, sweet potatoes and apple sauce. Very hard to get a hold of the dragon. <coughs> but it was delicious once we got rid of the scales. I don't know what is traditional. Is it roast beef and carrots? Boiled beef and carrots? Would that be traditional British? But as we've discovered... Poor old St George was either Turkish of Greek descent or Greek of Turkish descent. Either way, so Turkey didn't exist, so he would have been... So he's from modern-day Turkey. But it was old Greek. It was old Greek. That's why. That's why. Uh, Jim says... uh, Now, I hope this... Is this this weekend? Yes, it must be, because what's the date today? The 24th. Uh, The Vulcan Restoration Trust have announced their visit the Vulcan days. Now, these days are a great source of... Revenue for the trust. It would seem that uh, the local stations aren't as keen as they used to be when it comes to giving some bit of a mention. So I was wondering, could you be so kind and buck the trend and help boost, boost the attendances? Because every time I go out, if I mention somewhere, I've, I always find it amazing. I'll go somewhere and somebody will say, we heard you mention this, so we decided to come and have a look at it. Uh, the Vulcan Restoration Trust, they've been working very hard over the extended cold spell and hasn't winter gone on for ages. And they've got plenty of images on their website which shows the marvellous work they've been doing. And the old girl is showing off her new gloss paint scheme, which is slowly taking over her old matte finish. So their website is www.avrovulcan.com. Avro, can we get that website up? Just have a look at that one, Kat. Avrovulcan.com. And it shows all the, the work that they've done. So you can go and visit this coming Sunday, the Vulcan. Okay, it's worth it's worth seeing. You know, especially not for necessarily if you're old or something like that. You don't have to be old to want to go and see it. Avrovulcan.com, and here it is. And they it's Sunday the twenty eighth. For a small additional charge, you can climb into the Cold War bomber's cockpit and experience the cramped conditions in which the five man crew had to fly. So that's good, is it? You can go and visit it, and they've got all sorts of things if you want to know about it. It's at London's South End Airport. Come on, London, why don't you do something? If we can have the we- Even if we don't have the weather, go down there and have a look, because it's a great place. The kids would like something like that. The kids would like something like that. I mean, now, now the weather's on the turn. It's good. You can go and chat to all sorts of people, the, uh, the team, and go and have a look at it. It's the uh, XL426, the South End Vulcan. So enthusiasts and the public alike can go down there and uh, I wish you well I'm sure it'll go very very well indeed don't forget the gadget giveaway the iPad mini lovely. it really is lovely I, I can't I can't get overexcited about the iPad mini because I've got one and I remember looking at it and there was no hesitation in my mind whether I bought it or not I was going to buy it and so I bought it and I use it all the time it's lovely it's, it's quite it's neat it's compact it's thin it's clever you can watch films you can surf the internet you can download your music your photos you can oh you do everything with it there's nothing you can't do and all you have to do is answer a simple question i say simple question because ironically having just mentioned the uh, the vulcan day down at south end this is tying in quite nicely what is the three letter airport code that you would find on your luggage tag if you were flying to stansted Airport. What's the three-letter airport code you'd find on your luggage tag if you were flying to Stansted Airport? In this case, you text gadget, the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, 
and then send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. 84850. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck, because it's, it's nice. It's a very, very nice prize. It's a very, very nice prize. It really is. And you can get it today on the programme. Uh, let's have a quick check at your uh, text messages coming in. Uh, do you watch the series Ben Adorm? No. No, I've never seen Ben Adorm. It, it's, what are you smiling at? I think she's got wind again. Oh, right. Well, I, don't, well, there's I, I mean, I know of it, but I've never, I've never seen the thing. Uh, Chris says, I'm doing a five-kilometre run for charity on Sunday. Will it be warm? No. Uh, <laughs> the answer is no, is it, today? That was like that old Victoria Wood thing where she sits there, the children's centre... And I've had a letter in from three-year-old Tiffany. Do little doggies go to heaven? No, they don't. <laughs> so that was the end of it. Although my favourite line was, um, and now, what did she say? A now message for people up north. It must be so awful for you, having to live up there. Uh, St George is also rumoured to be Maltese and Macadanian. I love their nuts. And is also the patron saint of Greece and the Ukraine. Oh. Karen says, I live in Cardiff. I know what you like, so no comments, please. Nobody lives in Cardiff. You only go to Cardiff to revisit your hubcaps, don't you? You know, nobody lives inside there. So the tweeting birds are in full song, which is good. Yes, I mean, it just makes you feel as though the birds are happy, aren't they? When the birds get happy, they're all out there, you know, swigging back the cider, having a quick bit of bird song. Lovely stuff. I love it. Absolutely love it. Sad news that you're waking up to this morning. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not it is sad news for some of you. Quite clearly, there's a, there must be a reason behind it. Uh, JLS, RIP. R.I.P. They're uh, they're splitting up, and they're on the front page of the Sun. I mean, it's obviously quite a big deal for the front page. After five years, they'll bow out with a final tour. They've agonised for months, and uh, Aston Merigold says it's about time that we all did our own things. So, who's going to be the first one to bring the book out? Who's going to be the first one to bring the book out? And are we going to have stories of uh, of sort of people? You know, falling out with each other. We don't talk to each other. We don't socialise with each other. Because there's always something. You never get the, the perfect world, do you? Where, where bands split up and it's all lovely and wonderful. There's always something. I mean, even when you've looked at this reunion of some of these bands on the television, they, they, they quite clearly hate each other. But, but I suppose when you've lived in people's pockets. And also, if there isn't a huge amount of money... And there really isn't. The only people who make money out of this are the agents and the record labels, the record companies, the actual bands themselves. People think they pocket, you know, millions of pounds. They rarely do. They rarely do. Ask anybody. The pop world is littered, I'm afraid, with casualties from every generation. Somebody you might see in the charts and you think, God, they must be making loads of money. And you tend to forget you need to sell a hell of a lot of records to make yourself very rich, especially if you never wrote it. You'll just be on a standard fee. We've heard of people being on fees over the years of, you know, 50 quid an appearance on Top of the Pops and stuff like that, because they don't write it. If you write it, it's different. But most of these groups don't. That's why the Spice Girls were clever. The Spice Girls were clever. They got themselves entered onto the, uh, onto the, the credits of every single Spice Girls song. That's why they all walked out with money. If they hadn't done that, they'd have walked out with diddly squat. Nothing at all. Oh, the good news is that Wimbledon prize money's gone up. So they've added about an extra £6.5 million onto it. Shows how much money Wimbledon generates. Yeah, it's huge, huge generator. And so now the total prize pot for Wimbledon this year, £22.6 million. But it, they are famous down at the All England Club, though, for having snooty security. 
snooty security who appear to be so dumb they don't even know tennis players. There have been various cases of international tennis players, household names, being refused entry because the bozo on the door hasn't got the faintest idea who they are. They go, who are you? I'm Andy Murray. I've never heard of you, pal. Never heard of you. You're not coming in here today. This is Wimbledon. I'm Andy Murray. You're not coming in. They're a bit like that. They are the Jobsworths. They are the Jobsworths. But they're going to have a new... I think there's a new uh, roof going over as well. That'll be ready in about three or four years' time. But imagine, just for hitting a ball over a net, you could get 1.6 million. I think that's what... It, it is. I think uh, the men's singles pays 1.6 million as the, as the top prize. Women always get... Do they get less, I think, than men? I can't remember if they get a little bit less. They do. But uh, Roger Federer and Serena Williams took home 1.15 million. That's not bad, is it? That's why, if you've got a house and you live near Wimbledon, you can make a fortune. I know of people who rent out for £30,000 a week. £40,000 a week. If you've got a drive, you can rent your drive out to people who want to park on your drive. And people will pay serious money. For some reason, as usual, we'll have all the people camping out. I mean that in the nicest possible. They don't sort of walk up and down the road going, oops, whoops, where's my handbag gone? They don't do that kind of thing. Some of them do. And they camp out for Wimbledon and they want to go and see the things. And as usual, we'll have strawberries and people complain about the price of strawberries. Five strawberries, three quid or whatever it happens to be. And you think, well, take your own. But I was thinking, feeling they confiscate stuff at Wimbledon. It's a bit like going to a pop concert. You sort of take all your own. I'd be taking a picnic camper in. I'd be having it shoved down my pants and everything. Cheese and pickle sandwiches, the whole lot. I'll be in there, my little sausage roll. Those nice things which are shaped... What are those? Scotch eggs. I like those. Lots of bits on it. Uh, so they wouldn't go down my pants. But, I mean, all this sort of kind of food. Like chocolate biscuits in my pocket. A little bottle of water. I don't want to buy it in there. I'll take my own stuff in. So much uh, so much happier. Uh, we'll also run through the other side of the news. The rules that you can't help breaking. This is from, from driving in a bus lane to watching pirate videos. The top 50 acts of rebellion. I was driving down the road the other day. There was a woman on the motorway. I kid you not, she had an A to Z propped up on the steering wheel and she's reading it as she's driving. I so wanted to be a policeman going, you're going to prison, you will not pass go and it will cost you more than 200 quid. On FM. Never thought I'd hear those two words on LBC, buttock and implant, in the same news bulletin. Can you imagine years ago trying to describe to somebody uh, people have their buttocks implanted? Do they really? I'll just ask Dan Whitehead, you know, would you, would you and he emphatically no. Emphatically no. Although one of our newsreaders apparently is quite keen on having a six-pack inserted. You can have a, a six-pack. It's, sort of, it's, it's like a pretend six-pack. No, you really can have it done. I, there was somebody who pitched up on uh, one of the television programs. It might have been... Um, and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, type programme or Big Brother. And they had this... Oh, I'll tell you who it was. It was that, that Daryl Lyons creature who used to pitch up on Sky News. He runs a picture agency and then it went belly up or so. something happened. I can't remember what it was now. It's in the back of my mind. Something to do with it. Anyway, he pitched up all the time. He had pink hair, green hair, blue hair. He was a fat Australian. And then when he had pitched up on the... Because he was another one of those. There are certain people who hang around the periphery of programmes, a bit like sharks circling a body in the in the sea, and they sort of throw themselves onto programmes, a bit like sort of Nelly Sean, who writes for Metro... Neil Sean. No, sorry, Nelly Sean. I'm thinking out of the box again. And, um, and, and they sort of regurgitate stories and things like that. And so they had this Daryl Lyons, and he took his shirt off, and he had this fake six-pack. And there's a, there's a couple of people here who wouldn't mind having... I mean, I wouldn't mind having it done, but I don't... I don't I'm, it, it cuts out the work, doesn't it? I said to you before, and I've done this for 30 years on LBC, anybody can be a cosmetic surgeon. 
Anybody. I can be one today. I don't need any qualifications. I don't need to join anything. I can do it all off my own back. I can go and buy a piece of equipment that, uh, that does a particular thing. And I can rent a room in Harley Street. And I can set myself Steve Allen buttock implants or whatever it happens to be. And I can go and buy the stuff and I can be a cosmetic surgeon. I can literally massacre your body. And I don't have to be responsible to anybody. All right, so it might not work and I might get taken to court. But anybody can operate as a cosmetic surgeon. There are certain cosmetic surgeons who are affiliated to the NHS and they come through recommendations from your doctor if you want cosmetic surgery done because of a particular problem. So if you're, you know, if you're... I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But if, if something's affecting your life and you can have it changed. Unfortunately, nowadays, co- cosmetic surgery is seen as the way forward if you want to halt the ageing process. And yet we've all looked, haven't we? We've all looked at the people who've had it in America and they look awful. They look absolutely terrible. Nobody looks brilliant at all. There's been a few people. But you see, all they're doing with your skin is they're cutting and pulling it back. And that's why if you stand in front of the mirror, you know, put your fingers around your eyes and open them up, and that's what you're going to look like. You're going to look like a rabbit caught in the headlights. If you stretch the skin backwards, which lots of people do, they go, oh, look like that. And that's what it's doing. But the trouble is, as you get older, your skin changes and your facial shape changes. So, you know, when we looked at Barry Manilow when he came over here last time, people were going, what in God's name has he done? And it's to halt the ageing process. It's so that people think that their skin is so smooth that they look... They don't. They look like they're embalmed. You know, it's very difficult. If you've got... If you're a man and you have a full facelift, you're going to be shaving behind your ears for for years to come, I'm afraid. Because as they cut the skin and pull it back, it ends up behind your ears. That's why all the scars are behind your ears. And that's why you start growing hair. My auntie Winifred, as you all know, has been through the cosmetic surgery procedures, you know, over many, many years now. And now she's got a small beard. Now, I don't want to say anything more about it, apart from the fact that she never should have started the procedure. I mean, she looks, she looks peculiar. I mean, she, to be honest with you, she's the, she's, the, she's the black sheep of the family. She's, she's always been a little bit radical. She has things done, and we, we just don't bother with her now. She's in a home, of course, but she's got the money for it. And so she has all these things done. And I've got friends who've had stuff done before. And I always think, you don't need to do it. I did say to somebody the other day, I wasn't sure if they were being kind or just patronising, when I said, I think I'll have a bit of Botox. And they went, you don't need it. You think, are you just saying that? Or, or, you, or do you mean it? Because I don't know. I mean, I've, I've often thought, should I try it? And then somebody said to me, yeah, the bank manager said, she'll close the account. I know. If she sees money's gone out for Botox, she'll have the account closed straight away, so I can't risk it. However, I wish they'd closed down the Godolphin stables. This is a scandal in the horse racing world on a par, I think, with um, the Lance Armstrong doping scandal. Bookies are going to have to refund half a million pounds worth of bets. And uh, this is horses that have been tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. This is the biggest scandal that I've known to hit racing in ages. I felt like phoning up Claire Baldwin and going, what is going on? This is a massive doping scandal. This isn't just something that is done, you know, it's a mistake. This is done deliberately. And this 
has involved some of Flat Racing's biggest names at the Godolphin Stables. Hugely respected Dubai ruler Sheikh Mohammed's British racing operation has been plunged deep into crisis after 11 horses, count them, 11 horses, tested positive for anabolic steroids. They included Certify, the heavily backed unbeaten favourite for the Classic 1000 Guineas race on May the 5th. All were based at the Newmarket stables of the trainer Mahmoud Al-Zaruni. The news has sent shockwaves through the sport and has been linked, as I say, to, to the Lance uh, Armstrong doping scandal. Bookies, including Ladbrokes and William Hill, responded to the crisis by confirming they would honour in full all anti-post or before-the-race bets already placed on the horse. It is absolutely... Other horses testing positive. Desert Blossom, Fair Hill, Ghost Flower, Orkney Island, Sweet Rose, Valley of Queens... Arti Garnio, Bathrat, Amal and Restraint of Trade. None of these horses are currently allowed to run. It's, I mean, it's absolutely disgraceful. The team's racing manager, uh, who is Simon Crisford, said, this is a dark day for Godolphin. We're all shocked by what has happened. His Highness, Sheikh Mohammed, was absolutely appalled when he was told, and this is completely unacceptable. I absolutely agree. It's called, it's called conning you. It's called conning you. It's like doping of greyhounds. It's as bad. But this is, this is serious. This is a serious stables. This isn't some little hick place out of the way where they've just produced one or two winners. This is a serious stable. And 11 have tested positive. 11 of the horses down there. Really not good. Really not good. So, uh, but I've always thought, though, that people who go gambling, you kind of take your life in your hands. I've always thought it was, uh, it was just open to all this kind of stuff. It's, it's open to doping terrible. More on the papers today, if you've just woken up, of the, uh, of the brother, the Boston bombing suspect, uh, who blamed his dead brother for the atrocity, saying he made me do it. Yeah, was that after they told her he was dead? Anyway, the barking mad mother, who's called Zubidat, uh, said they'd been framed, they didn't do it. As I say, proving there's now as stupid as the thickest mother in the entire world. There's two men charged with plotting an attack on a passenger train. They've been watched by the police for some time. They're now under arrest. And uh, Roddy Doyle was in London yesterday to launch the West End musical of his book. Uh, and he told one of the papers why it's taken 25 years to put it. This is the commitments. I'm hoping to get him in for the programme. Hoping to get him in for in conversation. Uh, what have we got now? We've got 12 minutes past five. We have got a gadget giveaway for today. Details coming up in a moment. It's an iPad mini. Very nice. JLS have said that they, even though they're splitting up, they are still best friends... And we don't know why, but they're going to have a farewell tour. This is presumably to put some money in their pockets. They've had five number one singles. They've flogged 1.5 million gig tickets, sold more than 10 million records. Um, so I don't know why they're, why they're bowing out. Perhaps it's tailed off. I don't know. We want to mature. We'll never want to overstay our welcome. We never wanted to be that bad where people said, oh, bloody hell, it's JLS again. <laughs> we wanted to finish on a high, so we're finishing with an arena tour. And that's a massive achievement. So uh, that's good, which is good. Uh, we are the first X Factor act. So I've forgotten they're an X Factor act, aren't they? They were, st- they were sort of put together to finish a five-year recording contract. If we wanted to carry on and sign to another label, it was going to be another three or four albums. Oh, right. Ah, so that, oh, that's why then. They've reached the end of their, their contract and they've moved on. They were runners-up to Alexander Burke. Doesn't seem possible, does it, really? We look at the early pictures of them, almost, almost unrecognisable, I'm afraid. And uh, so they have done, 
They've done. Are they the same people? Is JLS exactly the same band as it was at the beginning? They look unrecognisable. If you look at a picture of them, they look like an old Motown act. Looking at the pictures, really bizarre. But they did do a, a thing with Comic Relief with Gordon Brown, and uh, now they're uh, they're on the front page of the Sun. Picture by Dave Hogan, of course. Uh, the band were called Unique, Famous, Outrageous, UFO. That's what they were called to start with, and then they won the best. Unsigned act at the Urban Music Awards in, I think, about 2007. 2008, following year, they decided to appear on television as JLS. They were second to Alexandra Burke. And then January following year, they signed a deal with Epic. First single, Beat Again, is number one. Follow-up also hits number one. In 2010, the first X Factor band to win a Brit Award. Best Breakthrough Act and Best Single for Beat Again. Uh, July, The Club is Alive. I like that. I like that record. That was the one I went down at me honestly admitting something like that uh, November Love You More is number one then they appeared on TV with Gordon Brown for Comic Relief and July She Makes Me Wanna bought that one as well <laughs> I'm really losing the plot aren't I I've started buying records by JLS what next One Direction so uh, that's number one as well so where do they go from here well we'll have to wait and see somebody's got to write a book though and I wonder which one or perhaps they could all write a book otherwise we might get a one sided Kind of, I'd like to. I'd like to see what it says. Actually, I'd like to see what really went on behind the uh, behind the uh, the scenes. Uh, eight four. That's right. I think the sketch says Jay from Victoria Wood Show said. Firstly, we'd like to apologise to our viewers in the north. It must be awful for them. I know. Yeah, I quite like the north. I quite like them. I like the the north south divide. I'm all in favour of that one. I like uh, I like walls being built and uh, passport control. Uh, Roy in Crystal Palace says, just got back from dropping my 12-year-old daughter off at school at 3.30 for a day trip to Gibraltar. Oh, that's nice. Gibraltar's got the the rock, hasn't it, with the apes. And you can't feed them. You can't feed them. They're dangerous. And when I say they're dangerous, they're blooming dangerous. Don't ever... I mean, well, the advice... Well, it's too late now. You just dropped her off at school. And hopefully all the guides up there tell you the same thing. If you've, if you've got a camera over your shoulder or something like that, these apes will, will grab it... And they will keep it. The idea is you don't take anything up there. The drivers who take you up will feed the apes and you get a picture taken. But you're dealing with wild animals. They're really, really dangerous, I promise you. At one time, the public fed them. But uh, not anymore. Not anymore. Quarter past five. These headlines with Dan Whitehead. The reports found no one was able... Ferrari, the team this morning, as it's announced, the government have lost their bid to take their case against Abu Ghattada to the Supreme Court. Nick will be asking, will we ever be able to extradite this hate preacher? Plus, is it fair that owners of some hybrid vehicles will now have to pay the congestion charge? Nick Ferrari from 7 this morning. Chris Blackhurst is looking at the papers. Apparently, which is the worst tube station in London? Bank. It's the worst tube station. I don't know why. Uh, it's linked with Monument Docklands Light Railway. It's one of London's busiest. It's got ten platform and five underground lines. Has it really? Good Lord. Acton Town and Oxford Circus were the, ne- were, were the next. Well, it's because they're busy, isn't it? That's why. They never get a chance to clean them. Acton Town's just filthy anyway. And uh, Oxford Circus is, is busy, busy. Uh, Canary Wharf, designed by Lord Foster, was voted London as favourite stop, followed by Baker Street... And London Bridge. Baker Street. Why do you want to go to Baker Street? And London Bridge. I must go to London Bridge, I suppose. Uh, But Bank is the one disliked by everybody. Two-thirds of Londoners have a favourite tube station and six in ten of a station they dislike the most. And so that's why it's Bank. 
They'll be talking about that later on today on other radio stations. I can just imagine. Weather forecast for today. I know you're desperate, and i better give you a quick time check. It's 20 past five. 20 past five on Wednesday morning. And the weather for today... Here we go. Brace yourself. Sunshine at times. Warm again, particularly in the afternoon. Cloudy in parts throughout the day. 18 centigrade. Currently it's 10. It'll rise another 8 degrees. And uh, for overnight, cloudy with a little drizzle. Otherwise dry. Tomorrow, bright spells for much of the day. But cloud skies and a little rain spreading solely southeast to reach most areas by the afternoon. The high tomorrow, 20 degrees centigrade. Friday and Saturday, some sunshine, but also Heavy showers and cold. So for all those people asking about running over the weekend, Sunday's generally dry. Saturday and Friday are the, the days where, you know, down came the rain. <laughs> it's a wonderful song by a guy called Mitch Murray. And it started off, she walked through the city. Da, 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 da. And it was all very pretty. And then, boom, down came the rain. I like the rain. I just don't want to get wet, I'm afraid. Gadget giveaway for today after Mark Lewis from Hackbridge yesterday correctly identified LTN as being the code for Luton Airport. Were you truly wafted here from paradise? Nah, mate. Luton Airport from our lovely Lorraine Chase. So he won himself the fabulous Google Nexus tablet. You, ladies and gentlemen, today can get your hands on my iPad mini. The Apple iPad mini can be yours at 6.30 if you're pulled out of the hat. And hopefully I'll be repeating your name throughout the programme, making you the star which you undoubtedly are. So it's the Apple iPad mini. Don't need to tell you anything about it. It's the same as the iPad, but smaller. Neat, thin, pop it in a pocket. Love it. For you, a gift for, you know, the kids. Have it in the back of the car. They can watch films. They can do anything they like on it. You need to know the answer to this question to be in with a chance. What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Stansted Airport? What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Stansted Airport? To enter, text the word GADGET, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and then you send that to 84850. So text the word GADGET, then your answer, and then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The texts will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network, and full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck for the Apple iPad Mini. I knew you'd like it. I knew you'd like it. Uh, ben from Hong Kong, highly recommended Game of Thrones for a stunning series with breathtaking scenery. What did I see the other day on the television? Something else with bread. Oh, it's, it's Rory Bremner's new programme where they're looking at just wonderful bits of the British Isles. I thought, oh, do you know, honestly, we've got some lovely places. I think it's about views. He says, we're into the third series of this one, based on medieval Britain with an English cast with a twist of fantasy. Sounds ghastly. <laughs> Doesn't sound like my sort of programme at all, I'm afraid. I don't like those kind of things. Over years ago, people tried to explain to me he said, uh, sorry, people try to explain to me Dungeons and Dragons. I don't even know. I didn't understand how it worked. But I used to bump into all these LBC listeners who were doing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I really didn't know. Ian says, when in the Royal Air Force, the Vulcan bomber was the only aircraft that made me put my fingers in my ears because of the noise. John said, I'm English and proud of it. So I felt really patriotic this morning as I had a chicken kebab for dinner last night. <laughs> Actually, I had a chicken pie last night, strangely. Uh, nothing strange about it at all. It's just that when I woke up this morning, I thought, oh, wish I'd not had a chicken pie. It sort of, it hung heavy in the stomach. Um, 
Apparently, you clearly don't read the Sunday Times, where each member of JLS was listed on the rich list as worth £5 million each. Do you really believe everything on there? You see, I, mean, I think it depends what's actually put through. I, I'm not sure about that. I don't think they're worth £5 million each. So then we get, what you mean to say? They've made a million pounds each every year? I don't see how that's possible. It's not possible. I mean, it's, they don't do stories, actually, JLS. I mean, there's not really any stories about them, is there? There's nothing, nothing particularly exciting. They've only been going five years, and they've made £5 million each. I don't believe it. I don't even believe the group would turn over five million in one year. I really don't think they'd have made that. So I'd be very matching what? Merchandise. I don't know what the JLS merchandise is. I don't know if they've had dolls. But they would they'd get hardly anything for things like that. You would need to sell a serious amount. I mean there is a Steve Allen doll. Which uh, you know, you can you can buy online. Probably seen it. It's a very nice one. Does all the usual sort of things. Just have to inject twice a day. Keeps it going, I'm afraid. Uh, my friend Dilip sends your podcast home every week. Apparently you're all the rage in the South Asian jungle. Ooh, whoopee do! I can barely, barely contain the excitement. Uh, somebody says, when we get the same prize money this year at Wimbledon? Well, it's it increased anyway. It is, has, uh, has been increased by six and a half million pounds. So the prize pot is, is an awful lot bigger. Um, there's a, a bit in the paper today about office kitchens... And it says here they are dirtier than the toilets with kettles and microwaves, the germiest places. Well, we don't have a kettle in our kitchen. We have a a tap that dispenses ice-cold water uh, or boiling hot water. So you you fill your teacup up from the tap and it's boiling. And we do have a microwave. I don't know if anybody ever cleans the microwave, do they? I suppose people sort of wipe it out. But um, uh, twice a day, twice a day, well, there you go. See, twice a day it's cleaned out. Even though they say that 25% of draining boards are contaminated, we don't have a draining board because we have a dishwasher. So the stuff goes through the dishwasher. And you can imagine, I mean, there must be in the course of the day more than 200 drinks of some sort going through just our floor. We're just one of many, many floors in the building. And there's, I mean, even outside this studio at the moment, there's hundreds of cups for people who've had cups of tea and cups of coffee and things like that. We used to have a water cooler, but you can get it out of the tap. So each floor has got a kitchen on. In fact, actually, some floors have got two or three kitchens on. And some are big and some are small. Ours is reasonable size. It's got lots of cupboards, lots of mugs in there. But I, I never thought they were dirty. I do object sometimes on a Monday morning coming in and nobody's bothered to wash any cups up. They just sort of leave cups where they, where they lie. Uh, the weekend stuff, terrible, terrible people, honestly. I really, obviously a lower caste system or something like that going on. They can't be bothered. I never understand why people can't be bothered to actually pick up a coffee cup and sort of put it upstairs or put it in the dishwasher. It's not that difficult, is it? I didn't think so. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. 84850, steve at uk. That's on the subject of cleanliness. And Siri voice recognition texting apparently is just as dangerous as sending messages at the wheel. I've done that. Have you done that with Siri? You go, sorry, with you in about ten minutes. And you push the button and Siri translates and then they, it comes up as a text. It's terribly clever. It's John Briggs, by the way. Very clever boy. Although if you ask him and you say, are you John Briggs? Which you will do. Um, he, he won't answer. He won't answer. Uh, struggling to say no to a dessert? We make healthier few cho- few food choices if... You see how much exercise it takes to burn off a meal. Diners have been told the level of exercise needed to burn off food chose healthier options than if told the calorie content. 
See, I like that. I like that. I mean, I, I, I can't do exercise, really. I'm not a very good exercise person. But how much exercise is needed to burn off your favourite snack? OK, a Big Mac. OK, it's 490 calories. How long would you need to exercise to burn that off? One hour, 15 minutes. That's lawn mowing, OK? Pret-a-manger, chocolate croissant. 420 calories. You'd need to walk the dog for two hours to bring, you know, to get rid of that out of your system. Uh, how about a, la- a, a lamb doner kebab or doner kebab? Doesn't say whether it's with chilli sauce or without chilli sauce, but that's 1,100 calories. You would need to, uh, to do something for six hours, 15 minutes to burn off that because they're really, really bad for you. Uh, a Mars bar. 260 calories, that's two and a half hours watering the garden. A Magnum Classic ice cream, you've seen all the adverts on the bus shelters, that's 240 calories. You need to go for a walk for an hour to actually get rid of it out of your system. I bet that stopped all of you now. I mean, I could eat a Magnum now, couldn't you? I could eat a... They do a new one, which has got crushed nuts on it. I think it was crushed nuts. And, that, and that, that was quite nice. I had one of those the other day. I don't know, I don't, I'm not really a huge ice cream eater. Really. If I, if I do do something, and I have done it in the past, I've been and bought a big block of Neapolitan, had two ice creams in a cone, because I like to pretend I'm an ice cream man. So I serve it through through my kitchen window to myself. And so I, 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 I get it out and I go, what would you like? Then I rush outside and I go, I'll have a Neapolitan, please. Then I rush back inside and make it and hand it out the window. It's a strange world I inhabit, ladies and gentlemen. That's why it's 5.30. Valen. No, the poor definitely don't want my socks. It's, what did somebody say to me the other day? There was what was that line? It was, it was it was a very funny line that we used years ago. The woman comes knocking at the door. There's this big bloke answers the door, and this woman says, "We're actually in collecting clothes for the starving in Africa." He says, "Believe you me," he said, "if the starving can fit to my clothes, they're not that starving." You know, because you imagine people to be fairly emaciated. Because I get this all the time. You know, you, are you still wearing your socks once? Yes. Why? I don't know. I'm slightly peculiar. I can't help it. I don't know where it started from. I can't remember where it started. But I, I just go through a phase, I'm afraid. I've just, I've just been reading a report this morning that Primark and Aldi have had record surges in sales as consumers have been out there hunting for bargains. I mean, they've got denim shorts at a fiver. £3 crop tops for teen girls. 24% they're up, actually, at Primark. Aldi have ridden by 31.1% because they do fresh coffee, they do lobster. Now, whether or not it's, it's top-quality stuff, I don't know. I really don't know. I've, I've never shopped, but you do see lots of people shopping in Primark because you can get your whole summer wardrobes for, like, you know, 20 quid or something stupid. And so now they've got... You know, the Aldi stores. It's just the name, isn't it? There was another one years ago. I can't remember what it was. That, you know, if, if, if somebody says to you, I shop at Waitrose, well, then you know what sort of person they are. You know that they're fairly well-heeled. Waitrose is a very well-equipped supermarket. The staff in Twickenham are the slowest ever. I mean, you could die waiting for them. There's no rush. It's like manana. Manana. And uh, you like a bag? Oh, I don't know. Just get on with it, for God's sake. Whereas in Marks and Spencers, they, they are timed as to how long it takes them to pack the bags. They have to pack it a certain amount of time, and they're very fast. Sometimes they're not very good at packing things. You know, a c- couple of the, the new younger people have got no idea how to pack a bag, so they put soft stuff in the bottom and the heavy stuff on top of it. So I ended up sort of having to take it all out and repack it again properly. You feel like saying to them, has nobody taught you how to pack a bag, or are you just dim? You know, so if, if you go to... 
Waitrose, it says something about you. Marks and Spencer says something about you. Sainsbury's is probably the next one down, I would think. And then probably Tesco. And then after Tesco, Morrison's. After Morrison's, probably Aldi. Or something like that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> don't go there. Just walked past the entrance, had a look in the window. You know, they've, they've got all these nice... They've got chocolate biscuits from another country. And uh, I've been... I don't even know. I don't eat those. It's not me. I have walked in there, but it's a different different sort of person in Aldi. It, uh, each supermarket attracts different people. You do get people from Aldi going into into Waitrose, but they're just shoplifting. You know, that's... that's <laughs> I love generalisations, first thing in the morning. So that's what... It, so all, all supermarkets are different. But I, I could happily wander around a supermarket for ages if I had a trolley. I could, I could lean on a trolley. If they did trolleys with little seats behind and they were motorised, I could poodle around for ages. I can't wait to become motorised and surrounded by chrome. I love the idea of sort of poodling around and you put it, I'll, st- I'll stop here. I like buying different mushrooms and stuff. I know, I'm a strange child, aren't I? What's the matter with me, actually? I'm not, not half as daft as you think I am, though, because believe you me, with our gadget giveaway, look at that link, that link was effortless. Other people would be crying into their cornflakes this morning, going, I wish I could do a link like Steve Allen. I wish I could be as slick. And it's not even, if this programme was scripted, it could be funnier. Not much funnier, but it could be quite funny. So in the gadget giveaway for today, after yesterday, and Mark Lewis from Hackbridge correctly identified that LTN is the code for Luton Airport, and he won himself a fabulous Google Nexus tablet... Hopefully it'll be your name we're reading out tomorrow morning because it's, you, you want it. That's all I can say to you. You want this. It's the Apple iPad Mini. Half the size of the iPad. It's got all the features. It sings. It dances. It can store your photographs. You can surf the internet. You can watch films. You can do anything. And you can get it at 6.30 this morning, which is when the lines close for the competition. One lucky listener will win the Apple iPad Mini today. I would love it to be you. I would love it to be you, and I can read your name out, but I need to know the answer to this question. What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Stansted Airport? So what's that tag they put on there? What is the three-letter airport code that you'd find on the luggage if you were flying to Stansted Airport? To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 84850 before 6.30 this morning. That text will cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. And I shall hopefully be reading out your name tomorrow morning and the area and uh, people will be going, ah, Doris has now won, or whoever it happens to be. Other stories, front page of the paper, looking at Swell, her royal bumpness. Duchess of Cambridge, she does look good, actually. She does look very good indeed. Um, and the front of the mail today, it's a criminal inquiry underway last night into claims a Liberal Democrat peer molested party activists. This is Lord Renard, who is the party's powerful chief executive, who faces being questioned by a detective... Scotland Yard said interviews with alleged victims since the scandal broke in February justify a full probe. They said apparently up to 20 people have been interviewed by now. Here they are. This is the Panini Pavarotti's, Richard and Adam Johnson. And they pitched up on Britain's Got Talent. I think they're identical twins by the look of it. Ordinary brothers, ordinary jobs. And they arrive on stage. They just, they just come and sing. Far from being amateurs, the brothers have spent the past year performing at venues around the country and singing on P&O cruises. So they're, they're not. They say here, 
how the humble singing sandwich makers on Britain's Got Talent are actually a pair of rather slick cruise ship crooners. So, in other words, you go on television, you pretend, oh, no, we just make sandwiches. Oh, do you? No, we're actually professional entertainers. As we said yesterday, Francine Lewis has been a professional impressionist for at least 15 years. At least 15 years. I don't know, I can't remember when Five's Company was on the television. But we used her on there, first of all, when she was doing her impressions of Anthea Turner and other people with irritating voices. A lot of you enjoyed my brief encounter thing the other day, so thank you very much indeed for that. Might repeat that at a later date. But uh, with these boys here, they they appear on cruise ships. They're not amateur entertainers; they're professional entertainers. You know, which is which is really it's it's a bit misleading for you, the public. You go, oh, isn't that great? They just make sandwiches and then they sing like this. No, they're professional entertainers. They go on cruise ships, make some professionals. It's, it's a bit cheating, isn't it? Well, I think it's cheating, I'm afraid. Actually, I've just realised this nice dress that I liked, uh, which was worn by the Duchess of Cambridge, they reckon here it's £4,000. Th- well, actually, no, the dress can't be £4,000. Can, can dresses cost that much? But here she is. She's wearing this, uh, this dress, which is from uh, Erdem. Anybody heard of Erdem? I've never, have you heard of Erdem? No. I don't know. No, you don't look as though you're going to show. They say it's cost £1,065. Her blue Prada heels, £350. And 2800 a diamond aspray button pendant. Well, they've got that at trade, wouldn't they? They wouldn't have paid retail for that. So there they say, not so much for a common touch, but she's the Duchess. She's married to the future king of the country. Who's written this balmy stuff? Rebecca English, the royal correspondent. Oh, get somebody who's not biased, please. The mail is just sending out more and more biased people. We don't want that. Uh, there's one here. This is um, her mysterious disappearance from the screen. This is, you'll love this story. Her mysterious disappearance from the screen has baffled viewers, colleagues and even her own mother. But Krista Aykroyd's absence from the flagship BBC programmes has been more than filled by a few salient revelations. Not least, she earns around £225,000 a year. It's not even on air. She's believed to be the highest-paid regional news presenter. I mean, that's the, even the Prime Minister gets 150000 She's on £225,000. Colleagues have accused the Look North co-host of behaving like the Queen and being too big for her boots. She's also got a luxury bed and breakfast in West Yorkshire and a penchant for sporty cars. Lord... Last night, sources at the Beeb said her vanishing act may have been the result of a suggested pay cut. Oh, in other words, she's had a queedy fit. We're going to cut your pay. Ooh, 220. That's like Carol Vorderman, isn't it? Same sort of thing. So, in other words, it's, uh, it's linked here. But she's presented this programme, Look North, and she stopped presenting six weeks ago. I don't know. They've got a new boss, haven't they, the BBC? I mean, I reckon all these people, you could get much cheaper than that. She only reads the news on a local station. 50 quid. 50 quid a pop. Do you want it or you not want it? Ooh. Do you want to do it? I'll do it. Thank you. If you don't want to do it, there's other people. Can't be that difficult to sit there and read somebody else's words on an auto queue, can it? Two hundred and twenty. Cool, blimey, I'd kill for two hundred and twenty-five thousand a year. I'd kill for twenty-five thousand pound a year extra. I uh, thought I'd throw that one in quickly before people said you're not sitting there for twenty-five thousand pound a year. No, I do get a cab and sometimes a curry and you know sometimes it's free food. All the free food though that crops up in the building is when I've gone home. There'll be something sent. There was something sent up with the boss the other day. There's so and so foot. I'm thinking, well, how long is it going to take me to get back to the studio? To try, to try and get the free food. I never get that at all. I mean, I really don't. I'm terrible. Well, perhaps I, sh- I should have, sort of have a word with them and say, well, could you leave a little bit in my, in my pigeonhole? It's very good. I must tell you that a, a friend of mine has just joined the army. 
Duncan was talking about 16-year-olds joining. My friend Frankie's 19. And he's going, he's learning how to repair tanks. He's decided this is the career for him. And it was interesting hearing Duncan saying, I wonder how many survive. Well, he, he said on his particular group of people who went in at the same time as him, and bearing in mind they'd been through their medicals, they'd been through all sorts of things. First of all, it wasn't so good, the medical, now it's much better. But he's going in to learn how to repair tanks. He said they've lost loads of people on his. People who quite clearly don't understand what discipline is and don't fit into the regime. So it's, a, it's like an induction course. It's up to the army to find out if they like you or the forces or whatever it is. And uh, they appear to like him. But he's got a notice board in his room and he hasn't got anything on it. He hasn't got any pictures or anything like that. So I'm going round the building and all the famous presenters that we've got in this building, I'm asking him to sign a card for him. So I'm getting all their cards. So yesterday I got Dave and Lisa... And they did it. You know, I think she put on it, Frankie, stay safe. So it's going to really impress all his friends in the army when he's going to get all these photo cards from all these famous people. I shall get Toby Anstis later on, tomorrow, I think. And I'm getting, um, who else am I getting? I think Emma Bunton I'm getting. And Jamie as well. It's quite exciting. So he's going to have all these pictures arriving and all the people going, how do you know these people? Going, oh, I just know them. <laughs> I'm hoping he's going to fib. I'm hoping he's going to fib to people. But uh, there you go. There you go. That's one of those things. It's nice to do, isn't it? It's like people write in. We don't have photocards anymore at LBC, but you can download any of the pictures that are on the LBC website, which is, you know, but they're good. I mean, it's just the same. They look exactly the same when you, when you download them. And there's also the, the good ones of me from Christmas. of Two years ago, taken up at Angels, all the, the Christmas ones. Even I laugh at them. Even I laugh at them. They're so good. Quarter to six. <laughs> News headlines with Dan Whitehead. Review into the cost of London and... Conversation with Steve Allen. <laughs> I can't believe that Dan Whitehead... I just told him something in confidence. He's just tweeted it. He's tweeted my socks. He says, away from news, current on-air presenter at Steve Allen Show has admitted never wearing socks twice and spends £48 a month, £576 a year. I cannot believe it. But like asking him how much he spends on chocolate, judging by his ever-burgeoning waistline. I mean, it was how personal. Can't believe it. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, another one here. Uh, Kenny says, Steve Allen show has a go at Jay Moyer. That's Jan Moyer, for slagging at Catherine Jenkins, who raised money for charity, and then proceeds to slag off Amy Childs, who did the same. No, I didn't. I think you quite clearly are not listening properly, or you're too stupid. What I said was Jan Moyer didn't uh, slag off Amy Childs for wearing loads of makeup, so quite clearly she's got an issue with Catherine Jenkins, I'm afraid. Uh, Neil says, teeth in, always a bonus. I was saying yesterday, the sunshine makes me smile. And I'm not even a sunshine person. You know me, I hate everything, I'm afraid. I hate everything. Uh, yes, it was Ashley who says, I thought you weren't keen on hot weather. I'm not keen on anything. I'm not keen on hold, cold weather, hot weather, anything at all. There's no pleasing me. I walked out the building yesterday and I thought, oh, hot weather again. I mean, it's nice to see it because I want my plants to grow. I don't want them to die off in any, in any frost or anything like that. Peter Friend says, no more talking about teeth. I was just plucking up courage for a dental appointment. Put off again. Sorry about that. It's not good, is it? And Rob Dudley. Rob Dudley says, uh, at Steve Allen's show, ditto the sunshine never fails to put a, a smile on my face either. I don't know why, they, why cause it doesn't come from Dudley in the West Midlands. I've just sort of decided to throw that in. Uh, 84850. And one here says, who on earth is your dentist? I haven't been for years because it's so expensive. My one's really good. My one's really, really good. I think he's very reasonable. Even his assistant thinks he's too reasonable. Way too reasonable. And one here from a lady who says, I just want to thank you for helping me. I lost my husband to cancer six years ago. 
God, you're still listening to the programme, you see? We put a smile on your face, that's good, that's good. Uh, another one here. Oh, <laughs> Charlie Girling. Because she did the recording yesterday, she had best ever in conversation with recording at Steve Allen show, chatting to at Russell Tovey whilst Rocky the Bulldog snores away in his lap. He's got this little bulldog and it's uh, it's a puppy and uh, it had to go to the dentist yesterday. <laughs> Not the dentist, had to go to the vets. And it was so sweet because um, it was it, it fell asleep on his lap. <laughs> It was snoring away. It was it was so lovely. It was absolutely lovely. And we all sat there and he said he said, Oh, shall I put him put him down? But no, 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 listen, we don't mind. We don't mind. Just let him let him snore away. So all the way through the in conversation, you'll hear this dog going <laughs> that's, that's so funny. So just in case you listen in and think that there's something the matter with your hearing, you'll know that's what it is, and that'll be on Sunday. And I think it's gonna be Andy Hamilton as well. Uh, the uh, writer, comedian, he'll be in as well. I'm fascinated by this story, I don't know if you are as well, about the con man called James McCormick, who's 57, who made £50 million through selling fake bomb detectors. He sold them around the world to superpowers and everybody else. The majority of these fake detectors were sold to Iraq, where they're used at virtually every checkpoint. They're still in use today. You know what they are? They're things for detecting golf balls that they've had adapted. They come with a little card reader with these plastic cards for detecting all sorts. They're totally ineffectual. They don't work. They're fake. He's made £50 million. They fooled the military. I mean, it doesn't work. How on earth can you... They can't be that dumb, the military, can they? I suppose they are. But they're still in use today. 6,000 have been bought by the government in... In Baghdad and Basra, they've bought 6,000 of these and put them on all the checkpoints. And the idea is that you aim this... It's for golf ball detection. It finds golf balls. And he's adapted them. And it comes with a card. So if you're looking for, say, Semtex, you put the card mark Semtex into the card. It's, none of it works. It's all fake. The whole thing from, from top to bottom. The cards have got no technology in at all. It's fake. He's made £50 million. He lives in a bath home worth £5 million. He's a fraudster. He went on a sales trip to Africa and they bought a thousand. They're, they're worthless pieces of rubbish. They find golf balls. You're not going to go to Afghanistan and go, we're looking for golf balls. He's made £50 million. Risked thousands of lives. I mean, surely the army tests these things, don't they? If you take something in there and say, this is a tank. I know it's made of cardboard, but we thought it would be cheaper to produce. Because you know that there was a magician, don't you, in the war? I think there's a book about it. And what he did, to fool the Germans, we made fake tanks out of cardboard, painted up. And so if you put them all up, it looked like we had a whole army of tanks, but they were just fake. So from the air, they looked like tanks, but they weren't. I mean, you could do anything. It's a bit like Trompe Loy. You know, when you see Trompe Loy, that's where they, they paint on a wall and it makes it look as though it's brick and it's falling apart. That's Trompe Loy. It's a similar kind of thing. Similar kind of thing. Vincent Graff is in the paper. He's a midget. He's a midget, Vin Vincent Graff. I know that because he goes back many, many years with LBC. But he writes for the, the Mail today. And after the picture of Daniel Radcliffe the other day with a, with a fairly, fairly tall woman. Daniel is five foot five. 
OK, but then Amy Childs is five foot five as well, so five foot five doesn't mean anything. And by the time, you know, somebody's put heels on, you're up to five foot eight, so that's normal. In Daniel Radcliffe's case, he's probably got heels with an inch on, like most men. I mean, I, at the moment, I think the heel on my shoe is, well, all right, so six inches, but that's different for me, you know. I quite like wearing women's clothing, and it's up to me what I wear in the studio in the morning. It's my uh, my studio, my show. So I've got, probably mine are about an inch, but that doesn't make any difference to me. I always thought I was six foot, but I'm not. I'm five foot ten, 1.8 metres. And so... What what Vincent has said to Daniel is says chin up. He says people like little people. Well, I totally agree. I love when I, when I say little people, I don't want a Polly Pocket or a, you know somebody who's singing with Snow White high O or something like that. I'm looking for somebody who's sort of reasonable height. I think five foot five is great. I never even thought when I met Daniel Radcliffe that he was five foot five. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't look. I've got a friend who works on another radio station here, and he's 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 kind of borderline pantomime singing high ho, and uh, he's okay. He's okay. So, in fact, strange enough, Vincent Graff is five foot two and three quarters. That really is singing hi ho, isn't it? That really that's that's teeny tight. But there's nothing the matter with that at all. I don't think there's anything the matter with being short. I think short is great. I'd rather be short than tall. Quite like to be thin. I really would quite like to be. I think thin thin is is great. I think thin is absolutely fantastic. Um, there's a piece in the paper today. If you're one of those who's a little bit fussy about their food. Um, don't don't listen to this piece because they're talking about battery hen Britain. Uh, sorry, it's nothing to do with food at all. Actually, I, I, I was thinking about battery hens because I was thinking the other day that we still have battery hens in this country because the one food that we like to eat is cheap chicken and we want cheap eggs, and so battery hens are still in existence. Even those that say free range, farm fresh, you know, countrywide, and all this kind of stuff, they're not. They're battery hens, for want of a better description. The fact they're not actually in. A cage is neither here nor there. There's still battery hens. What the farmers do is they stick them all in a barn, leave them there for a week with all the doors shut. And then at the end of the week, they open them up. But chickens are a bit funny. They're frightened to go outside. If they've not seen anywhere, they only know the comfort of the barn. So they never venture outside. But the fact that they can go outside means that the farmer is then entitled to charge more for the eggs and call them farm fresh. Orchard savouries and stuff like that. Very interesting. Um, there's, uh, they're doing a piece on... Uh, oh, this looks lovely. A turkey and spring vegetable risotto. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? Smoked trout fish cakes. I can't bear trout. Sweet and sour chicken skewers. And how about this one? A courgette cake with cream cheese and orange icing. I had, for the first time two weeks ago, goat's cheese. I've never eaten goat's cheese Bit of a heathen, I'm afraid. And uh, and it came... I didn't know I was getting goat's cheese. I'd ordered a starter, which said beetroot. And I like a bit of cooked beetroot. And it came with this one... I thought, what the dickens is that? But being a brave soul, and not, not being the kind of person to turn their nose up, I thought I would risk having the goat's cheese. And do you know, I loved it. I'm fact, it's making my mouth water now. So, so much so that I went out the other day, and I bought... Some goat's cheese. And I've not touched it, because I don't know what I put it on. Do I put it on crackers or something like that? Put it on cream. You can have it... Oh, right, I could put it on, on, on cream crackers and biscuits and stuff like that. Or I could have it... No, I don't want to grill it. I don't like that idea. It seems a little bit sacrilegious to grill it. But I'm so excited. I had, finally... You know, because I've eaten Primula cheese and, uh, and squeezy ch- cheese out of a tube, but I've never had goat's cheese. Funny that, isn't it? The things that you sort of kind of get uh, down... What? matter? Squeezy cheese out of a tube. Primula cheese. You've never had Primula cheese? Oh, that's my favourite. You get a Ritz cracker, you go like that, and then you put another Ritz cracker on the top. That's squeezy cheese. Oh, dear. That is, that's like eating Dairy Lee. Dairy Lee. I love stuff like that. It's really bad for you. It's really bad. But, I mean, I, I don't really care. I don't really care at all, I'm afraid. I just, I just sort of like squeezy cheese. And it's so much easier 
to actually put on biscuits. So you get a little rich crack, or fairly that, the tuck crackers. The tuck cracker, they're really nice. And especially the tuck crackers with the cream cheese in the middle already. <sighs> Could eat a packet of those. But of course, when my teeth fell out the other day, I had a craving for a pickled onion. But it was a bit pointless because I couldn't eat the blooming thing. So now that the teeth are back in, temporarily while we're having the new ones made, I might actually go back onto pickled onions a bit later on. Yeah, all right. So I think I was quite accurate about the waste. I don't exactly think we're anorexic, are we? I can't believe he put the bottom about my socks. Ridiculous. I think that's a court case, if nothing else. Uh, let's have a word with my lawyer today. Uh, other other stories in the uh, the paper today. I'm trying to find something interesting. Oh, guess guess what? Britain's favourite car. What do you think Britain's favourite car is? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll save it, because you'll never guess in a million years. It's one of those joke cars. You know, people make jokes about, you know, cars when two... Fo- years ago, it was a joke about, what, what's the time when two Fords pass one another? Tin past tin. And, uh, and stuff like that. But now, it's even worse, because your favourite car is something that, up until only a short while ago, well, yesterday, in my case, was a joke so I'll tell you what it is after the news. Coming up with Dan Whitehead on LBC 97.3. And uh, just after the news as well, apart from telling you which is your favourite car in this country at the moment, I'll be telling you what Nick Ferrari is doing on his programme. And if you've just woken up, your chance to win on the gadget giveaway because today it's the Apple iPad Mini. I cannot sell it any better than saying it's the gadget that will make you the envy of friends and neighbours everywhere. Fat people will be falling over themselves to get hold of your Apple iPad Mini. Some thin people as well, but mainly fat people. They can pop it in their pocket and makes it look even bigger. It's marvellous stuff. News at six next, LBC 97.3. Station with Steve Allen. Morning, five minutes past six. So what is... Your favourite car, Britain's favourite car. I'll tell you, the list of ten is as follows. Ten, the Mercedes E-Class. I think that's quite nice. Number eight, the Land Rover Discovery. Seven, the Alfa Romeo Giulietta. There you go, Giulietta. Number six, the Skoda Octavia. Five, Mazda CX-5. Four, the Renault Scenic. Three, Jaguar XF. And the top two, wait for this one. At number two, the Skoda Superb. And number one, the Skoda Yeti. The Skoda Yeti. Because they found some fingers, haven't they, in a, in a jungle somewhere, and they're going, is it a Yeti? No, it's not. OK. It'll be the fingers of a sloth or something like that. It, whatever it is, it's not a Yeti. They don't exist, OK? Let's not be stupid about it. I wish people would grow up, they go, ooh, the abominable snowman. Exists. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. It's like, is there life on other planets? No, there isn't. No matter how far you go out there, there is no life on other planets. Because if you subscribe to the fact that the good Lord made heaven and earth in seven days, he never mentioned anywhere in the Bible, by the way, there's another planet out there with another load of people on it. You know, two Garden of Edens? I don't think so. Want to buy a house for a quid? Got a house for you for today for a, pe- for a pound? OK, you want to go for it? Got to do it quickly, though. This is in Stoke-on-Trent. I know, I know, I don't want to live there either, but they've got 600 of the blooming places for a pound each, and they'll actually give you um, £30,000 by way of a loan for you to renovate the property as well. So for £30,000 and a pound, you get, you get your own house, but it's Stoke-on-Trent. You know, I can't help feeling, you know, the, it's, it's nice, you know, Stoke-on-Trent's not a bad place, I just don't want to live there. For a pound, so you're living in a, in a street with another load of poor people. Not exactly going to be good for morale, is it? But I did like the story 
of uh, Bronwyn Hickmott. Bronwyn Hickmott is in the papers today because Bronwyn Hickpot had something in her garden that turned out to be really quite nice. It's, um, it's a piece of granite. And she found it in her garden. I mean, she knew it was always there, but she didn't really know what it was. And it's become a bit of a treasure. It's eight foot by four foot. It's a semicircular slab. And they were hoping, because it did grace the entrance of a Buddhist temple. So it's got all carvings on it. And uh, they were hoping for £30,000. Thirty thousand. I couldn't believe it. Thirty thousand pounds. But uh, anyway, it's turned out that this graced a Buddhist temple in Sri Lanka between four hundred BC to a thousand AD. It was sold yesterday at auction. They wanted thirty thousand. They got five hundred and fifty thousand because of its religious connection. Isn't that amazing? Start scouting around the garden. I've had my auntie Enid on her hands and knees over the last couple of days, scouting around as if there's anything hidden under any of the flower beds. Can you imagine? 550... How it ever ends up here, I've got no idea. How it ends up here, but lovely. So, a nice surprise there. They bought the, uh, the house from a tea planter from uh, Exeter in Devon in the 1950s. There's a nice windfall, isn't it? By the way, we've just sold this piece of concrete for £550,000. Bought by an anonymous buyer. Which somebody above by me for an anonymous man. Useful, you know, £550,000. Anyway, yesterday, Mark Lewis from Hackbridge identified LTN as the code for Luton Airport and got himself the Google Nexus tablet. Today, your chance to win the Apple iPad Mini. It's lovely. It's like the Google Nexus tablet, only smaller. It's like the iPad, only half the size. It's got better resolution. It's just, it's just gorgeous. If ever you could describe a piece of equipment as gorgeous, this would be it. Your chance to get it this morning, but you need to tell me what is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Stansted Airport. So what's the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Stansted Airport? To enter, text the word GADGET... Followed by your answer and send it to 84850. You must put the word gadget on there. So gadget, then your answer and send it to 84850. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck, because it's what I call a nice prize. They're all nice prizes, but that's uh, that's a really good one as well. The, the Apple iPad Mini. Give it a go. Uh, I shop at Waitrose, says Jackie, because I only buy what I need. The basic range is good. The bread is actually cheaper in Waitrose than Sainsbury's or Tesco. In cheaper stores, you fill the trolley with items you don't need and end up throwing them away. Well, I, well they all say, do not go shopping if you're hungry. Because you... Oh, blimey, sorry, my newspaper's falling apart. Because you... Oh, sorry. Because you don't... Um, you, you, you go around the supermarket and you buy all the wrong stuff. Because you're hungry. So you're supposed to go round when, when you're fairly full. Trevor in Kingston says that my mum splits her weekly shop between Waitrose and Lidl. That's good. Um, Francine was on this morning on Monday and told Phil and Holly, says Debbie, that the producer of the show approached her to go on. What's going on? Oh, I can tell you a story about Britain's Got Talent. I can't tell you at the moment because it's not occurred. But it will be occurring. And it turns out there's more shenanigans going on behind the scene. They do approach people. They do approach people to go on the programme. Because Francine Lewis, as we said on the programme yesterday, and I said it years ago, she's been around for donkey. She was appearing on Channel 4 on television up until last year. So that's what it is. So don't, don't ever... It's a thin act. 
She spent most of her time. She spent most of her time not working and doing out nightclubs and parties and just doing a couple of impressions, a bit like this this program, I suppose. Except I don't do the uh, the parties. Um, yes, JLS have their own brand of condoms. We were talking about the merchandising of JLS as they've announced today, front page of the Sun, that they're splitting. That's a, it shows how death. I thought there was loads of news stories about JLS splitting. Apparently, is earth-shattering news, and yet it's been rumoured for for weeks and months. I think people were talking about it. Um, so they've got their own range of condoms, their own range of dolls, which I think they did on uh, on Chatty Man. On Chatty Man. I'm pretty certain it was Chatty Man. Uh, Paul says, your latest impersonation of Down Came the Rain. Couldn't place the singer you were impersonating. His name is Mitch Murray. Mitch Murray had Down Came the Rain. And that's exactly how he sounded. I'm quite accurate on that one. He said it sounded a little bit like Tommy Steele or Anthony Newley. No, Anthony Newley was half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes, goes the weasel. And uh, which was done all sort of jazzed up and a bit funky, which was great. No, it was um, the other one who did uh, down, Mitch Murray, who did Down Came the Rain. He wrote it as well. He's a, he does a scriptwriter, I think. He lives on the uh, Isle of Wight, Isle of Man. He says, for those under 39, uh, like you, one of Joan Collins' husband, the man who puts Pop Goes the Weasel and Strawberry Fair. Yes, into the charts. Very unique singing style, if you recall. Bit disappointed with your rendition of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, he said. Too many bang bangs, not enough chitties. And you sounded nothing like Sally Ann Howes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I could do Hush by Mountain if, if, if it helps. <laughs> On my visit down south to see with the circle, the magic circle, I was not asked for my passport at the North-South Divide. I didn't need my cockney phrase book once either. I did wonder, had you arranged for diplomatic immunity for myself and the two ladies from Newcastle? By the way, JLS had dolls. They plugged, sorry, mentioned them. On the Alan Carr show. Yes, now we know. Now we know. They did. You're absolutely right. Uh, one here. And uh, Sarah Palin was being interviewed at the weekend, says Richard, on one of the US news networks when she seriously suggested that the Czech Republic should be invaded. When questioned, she said, well, it's an Arabian state like Iran, and those two Boston bombers came from there. When it was pointed out that the Czech Republic and Chechnya are two different places, and that the Czech Republic is actually part of the EU and nothing to do with the Middle East, and that Chechnya has nothing to do with Arabia and is part of Russia, she berated the interviewer for correcting her and insisted that she was right and he was pro-Taliban. Oh, well, that sounds hilarious. That'd be one for the archive, wouldn't it? Good old Sarah Palin. A clear case of ignorance, but not being bliss, but dangerous. Thank goodness she didn't win her presidential campaign. You can't believe how dumb some people are. I do find it. um, I I do find it very interesting. I find it very interesting. Um, (laughs) Has Nick Ferrari had had Botox? I don't know if he's had... He's had teeth whitening. I know that. I don't know if he's had... I should ask him this morning, really. I don't mind. See, I'm quite open. I ask people things like that. And he'd be honest and tell me. Not. 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3. A bit disappointing. You can get two for one. Sorry, I'm just sort of hearing a bit of excitement here. I'm sort of in line for a free Mexican burrita, which is lovely. Actually, I had a burrita the other day. It's, they never check the card, really. Do you think I could say to them, I, I work for Global, a burrita? I could get to it. The trouble is, it's that when you do that very... Oh, I'm going to try that next time round. Very excited. Anyway, in the, in the papers this morning... Oh, sorry, you've got uh, nine minutes left if you want to enter the competition for today to have a go for our gadget giveaway, which is very nice. And it's the iPad Mini, the Apple iPad Mini. I don't need to tell you anything else about that. Helen Flanagan, the boring Helen Dreary Flanagan, not quite there in the brain department, has told friends that she's split up with her soccer boyfriend, Scott Sinclair... 
It sounds a bit like a drag queen, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? I give you Scott Sinclair. But he's a footballer, and uh, they've... Um, she spent a lot of time in London. I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, she was particularly stupid on uh, Celebrity Juice the other week. Anyway, she recently went on holiday to Dubai. If we go to Dubai... Is there something about Dubai that I'm missing here? It is the most boring place to go to. It's a giant building site with artificial sand and everything else. And I don't know why people go there. What's, is it? Is it flash the cash kind of place? Because, you know, half the cast of The Only Way is Essex go there. I don't want to go anywhere where they go. And anywhere that Helen Flanagan goes, I'm definitely out of there straight away. I only want to go to classy places. And I'm afraid Helen Flanagan and uh, class do not go together. But she's offered hope for Scott. She said she was determined to give up smoking. Uh, she, was det- she was determined to give up smoking so then he can kiss her properly. Oh, dear, she smokes as well. Dear. Not very nice kissing an old ashtray, is it? Uh, here in the paper today... Gosh, where is Britain's antisocial capital? Don't like to tell you this, Paul. It's Manchesterford, I'm afraid. 630 incidents a day. But in Scilly, in the Isles of Scilly, 10 a year. That's the place to go to, isn't it? The Isles of Scilly. 630 incidents a day in Manchester. Blackpool is quite close behind, as is Westminster. Westminster. You know why? Lots and lots of tourists, lots and lots of rogue traders around there. Newcastle and Burnley, the best. The Isles of Scilly. Rutland, wait for this one, Wokingham. Wokingham, apparently, is very good. Harborough and Oxfordshire, or Oxfordshire. That's nice, isn't it? So there you go. It might be one of your, one of your areas where you should be fairly, fairly happy. Uh, 84850, uh Another one here very quickly. This is from, uh, from Wendy. She says, I agree with you. Goat cheese is delicious. Sometimes a bit hard to find in Florida. Not very up to date in some of the more refined tastes of the world. We'll just serve it as a snack with your favourite crackers and some almonds plus some Chardonnay. Oh, lovely. She says, your show does keep me sane during the months I'm here in America. Well, listen, sane, I'm, I'm good with. I can do sane. I can do sane. Very well indeed. It's also, it's, it's people keeping in touch with what's going on back at home, isn't it? Back at home. Uh, weather for today, see if it's changed very quickly. No, still cloudy. Sunshine at times. Warm again this afternoon, so it's jacket off. 18 degrees. Currently 10, but it will rise, so fear not. Uh, my cat Jeeves was asleep, says Julie, when you played the Blackbird song. Then you started singing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and that was it. Ears pinned back, jumps off the end of the bed, runs down the stairs and straight out of the cat flap. Such is the effect, ladies and gentlemen, I have on animals. I think Steve Allen's singing, not, not particularly brilliant, I'm afraid. Not particularly good. So, Francine Lewis and, and all the other people who appear on these Britain's Got Talent show. They can't find people. But I've got a story about Britain's Got Talent. It's going to blow the socks off you. Blow the socks off you. Uh, and like you, Steve, I wear new socks every day. I've been doing it for years. Socks feel much better when they're new. Not quite sure, but you're not alone. Thank you, P, on that one. Um, I, do, I don't know why I do it. I, I, there's no logical reason why I change socks every day. I, don't, I really don't know. I can't remember where it, where it began, I'm afraid. Uh, earbite boxer Mike Tyson has shrugged off Luis Suarez's chomp on a rival's arm, saying he bit someone, it happens. Yeah, I'm not really sure I can go along with that one at all. More on these golf gadgets sold as explosive detectors to Iraq. I mean, it's a £13 golf ball finder, and he's had it adapted, and he's put little bits on, and he sells them for £40,000. I mean, do you not think anybody in the Iraq army thought to actually open them up? 
and have a look and see what was inside and how it was detecting whether somebody... So they've been using them at all the border patrols, aiming a golf ball finder at somebody. <laughs> There's probably tonnes of bombs been taken in there. Tonnes of bombs. And uh, Jane Moore says Ashley Cole, the footballer, has reportedly rekindled his relationship with bisexual Anna Kelly. A friend says she might be the one. And in her case, he might be one of two. Which we like. Uh, more on Mylene Clash. She's got the uh, divorce through. 100 seconds, apparently. 100 seconds. Um, also, she talks about Girls Aloud, the normal... Sarah- this is Sarah Harding who wants to go and sing for the troops. The troops are saying, no, thank you. You know, we- we'd rather have a proper singer. And she says, it'll be good good therapy for me, you know, to go out there. And you think, no, no, no. The idea is just be helping them, not them sorting you out. You have to sort yourself out. You're an adult. But uh, she does talk about being on the bus with Sarah Harding and Sarah Harding saying to the judge, I can't go on the bus, I'm, I'm too famous. And I thought, well, you're not really, actually. You could get on a bus. What they should do is sort of push you on a bus and see who notices you. In London, nobody will notice you. You just sit there with, with a pair of sunglasses on. Nobody would take a blind bit of notice, I'm afraid. And that's the, that's the hard fact. doesn't get any worse than that. Uh, more on the cowboy surgeons which we've been campaigning for for years and years and years on the programme because it's so easy for anybody to, to set up the four worst World War I soldiers who were buried the other day. This is John Pritchard, Christopher Elphick, and uh, there were two more as well who were also buried. I think that's quite nice that a farmer found them and they've been given a, a proper, proper burial, proper burial. Um... I'm trying to find something interesting in the papers today. There's not really a lot, apart from the man who made the, the golf ball things, which were adapted. And Danny Cohen, who's a new boss of the Beeb, who's brought the voice to the UK, has been handed one of the Beeb's top jobs. His, it pays £327,000. And, uh, and the voice to the UK. Well, I mean, somebody like that deserves to be fired immediately, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Union J have got their eyes firmly on the prize. It's another little boysy band. Uh, this time one with an openly gay member, I think called Josh. I, I could be wrong. We all thought it was George to start with. But it's another boy band, and to be honest with you, it kind of replaces boy bands. You know, we have one, and then we get rid of another boy band, and then they bring another boy band in, and then we get all the screaming girls outside the building, and I think they're there for me, and they're not, and uh, they'll scream, you, yeah, you, Jay. Because I think I saw them in the building the other day. They were trying to work out how the lift operated. I think that's what it looked like to me anyway. But they're all here, and uh, they'll probably have a number one. But again, it's, it's, it's the fickle world of pop music, ladies and gentlemen. In one minute, out the next. So we'll wait and see. Uh, here's Britain's Got Talent, hit by the credit crunch. Show bosses have halved the grand prize. Did I tell you, in America, the prize is payable over 20 years? That's what it said on the, the bottom. I was quite surprised, actually. I thought they, they just sort of handed over the money. No such luck, I'm afraid. They're hedging their bets on all of these things. So that's it from the morning papers. You've got about two minutes to get your entries in for the great gadget giveaway. So good luck with that one to get your hands on the iPad mini. Uh, Front pages of the papers this morning. Uh, Some think it's world exclusive. JLS RIP. They haven't actually quit as yet. But they're they're disbanding. They're all going to go on and do different things. Uh, But they're going to do one last arena tour. I suppose before they look like old men creaking about on the stage. I don't know why. If it was all going so well, why would they... Unless perhaps things have changed. I don't know. And they're just sort of thinking, well, you know, we don't want people go, ooh, isn't it sad JLS are still together? I don't think anybody's ever thought that. Mail today, groping Lib Dem peer to be quizzed by police. The Daily Express outrage as a court says we can't kick out Abu Qatada. 
I can't get my head around that one either, but I'm sure that Nick Ferrari will be chatting about that today. And millions of workers facing a poverty-stricken retirement with pension payouts being slashed while the cost is escalating. The Daily Star, the stunning revelation that the Michael Jackson, who appeared with Dermot O'Dreary to publicise the O2 shows, was in fact an impersonator and was not Michael Jackson. Well, the fans were really fooled because I thought he looked absolutely brilliant. And they say a fake Jacko fooled the world. The family, who are currently involved in litigation in America, have asked for him to be uh, brought forward so that they can put him up in court and say that he was there. And they claim he featured on some of the footage of the This Is It, the tour which never, ever happened. It's it's an amazing story. I don't believe a word of it. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget, free podcasts up a little bit later on. Nick and the team with you at 7. Next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC. 